As again here on this Monday, the Falcons hold minicamp. People already losing their minds. We'll get to that. The Braves, tough weekend against the Padres. We'll get to that as they've got the uh, the Milwaukee Brewers coming uh, up on the schedule. And then hopefully uh, the schedule takes a little bit uh, of a turn. So a lot to get to in the football front and more. But Ben, let's start right there. Uh, game seven. I know everybody loves to talk game sevens. Two blowouts. In Game 7's last night, the Mavericks and Boston both dominate and move on. And, of course, from our standpoint, the immediate things that happen, oh, Luke is going to the conference finals, and so did Trey last year. And I see sides, oh, you know, Dallas won the trade. I mean, the Hawks got to the, the, the conference finals last year. Did they have a great year this year? No, they kind of swapped with Dallas from last year. Hawks to get in the playoffs. Uh, this year, albeit, and they had to go through the play-in route. But two guys, Ben, that are obviously in, or in forever and more going to be linked to one another because of the draft day trade that sent Luka Doncic to Dallas and Trey Young came to Atlanta. Obviously, no matter what it does, somebody's going to say, well, should have done this, should have done that. Who won the trade? I mean, do you look at it and say, look, it's worked out for both teams. There is no winner because it was a smart move that actually paid off in, in, for both teams, and I like uh, that's like everybody's favorite pastime as well to look back and say, well, now that I know all the facts, or at least some of the facts, it, boy, it looks really, uh, you know, one-sided or this or that. I mean, we do that in baseball trades all the time. Whoa, that was a terrible trade. Mm-hmm. So-and-so went on to only hit 20 home runs, and so-and-so went on to hit, you know, 120 home runs. Well, obviously, when you have all the facts in retrospect, it can look one way, uh, but this seems to be one that actually has worked out for both teams. Now, if Luka goes to the NBA Finals, I think people will say, okay, leg up. Trey Young, got to take the uh, the Hawks uh, there one day. But, I mean, you talk about two game sevens in which you had a couple of guys go absolutely bananas. Luka Doncic dominating the game, and that thing was not even close, and you send Chris Paul and the Suns on the way out. I still I still say that, uh, I still say that the Hawks uh, won the trade. When you think about a guy like Trey Young, you know, Kevin, at the end of the day, undersized, what, six feet, man, a six-one. You look at, you look at, I think, I think, I think last year in 2021, or, you know, I think last season, he had, he led, I think he led uh, all, everybody in scores, like, 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 I think he uh, was a scoring champion. But as you, but as you mentioned, the Atlanta Hawks lost in the Western, I mean, Eastern Conference Finals, and they lost to the eventual world champ, Milwaukee Bucks, right? That's a pretty good year. Let's just look at the difference, though. The Atlanta Hawks, right, went from went from Coach Pierce, Lloyd Pierce, Nate McMillan. So you so you made it to the you made it to the Eastern Conference Finals with, while changing coaches mid season. That usually doesn't happen. You got a guy in Trey Young that people thought, hey, he was too small. He's gonna get banged up. He's not gonna be able to to. Uh, to uh, get to his shot, you know, uh, on a regular basis. people, Some people call, compare him to Steph. Some people compare him to AI. No, he's Trigger Trey. Now, Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic has been, a, has been a pro for what? Since he was like, what, 15, 16 years old? All right, so he's been playing with pros a long time before he actually got drafted into the National Basketball Association. I still think it's Trey. Why, Kevin? Because the pressure is on Trey way more than Dallas. Dallas has a championship. Anybody want to tell me what, when the Hawks have a championship? Oh, that's right. Dallas had Dirk, right? As of recent, Dirk, I think it's fifth all-time in scoring in the NBA. 
Dirk was Dirk was uh, congratulating Luca when they won last night. Dominique Wilkins is on the Atlanta Hawks what radio network I think broadcast team or something like that. That's how far back you got to go for a superstar with the Hawks. Dominique Wilkins. <laughs> Dominique Wilkins is old enough to be my dad, and nothing wrong with that. By the way, all I'm saying is Kevin. One guy, <laughs> one guy is like Matty Ice. You're trying to build a culture with Atlanta. Right, always. It's the same Atlanta Hawks team that had the best record in the East. What happened when they got to the Easy Conference Finals? They got the brakes boot off by LeBron's company. No, it is still Trey. Because, Kevin, you know how it is. Trey Young has – I'm not saying Luka don't have to play well, but Trey Young has to play well for these Atlanta Hawks to have to do anything. I mean, any any relevance has to start with Trey. Trey can't have a bad – his bad game still has to look like a good game. Luca, look, man, Luca is incredible. Luca got a chance to be one of the face, one of the faces of the, of, you know, of the NBA. I'm not taking nothing away from Luca. When Luca's on, he's on. He's box office. He's worth watching. But I still say it's Atlanta because people thought Atlanta was making a bad move when they took Trey. Oh my God, what are you doing? It seemed to have worked out for both. But look at it. Um, Trey Young has gone to a conference finals quicker than Luca. Trey Young signed a a uh, a max contract or a new deal, new max contract before Luca did. And, and, and this ain't because they're trying to beat Luka to the punch either. It's because Trey has been incredible. So I think I would still say Atlanta, Kevin, because, like I said, obviously we get to watch Trey a lot more than we watch Luka. But Atlanta Hawks are not, are not not good because of Trey. They are relevant because of Trey. The Dallas Mavericks are relevant with or without Luka. Now, it's great they got a superstar in Luka. It's great they got a superstar. Luka is a great young superstar, one of the best players. And, I, and, those, and listen, and I will say this now. If Luka beat Golden State, to go to the like you said to the to the uh, to the finals. Now we now we talking about superstar status because I think I I, I think uh, I think it's good to be compared with people. You know, it's all you know, Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston, you know, Andrew Luck, RG three. You know, you gonna have stuff like that. But I still think both guys are living more than living up to expectation. Luca is box office. I think Trey is box office. I just think that. Even if Trey won a championship, people are going to say, yeah, it's the Hawks, though. It's, it's because of where he plays, not how he plays. But I still think uh, Atlanta came out because I do think, Kevin, uh, uh, Atlanta, just like Dallas, is a superstar away from pairing with Trey for them to be a, uh, you know, a contender in the playoffs year in and year out. Yeah, and again, it's, it's one of those that we'll talk about until both of these guys are done playing. But uh, you see guys take over uh, in the postseason, as we said. You know, legends get made. Uh, in the postseason. That's why I think people are, you know, going after Chris Paul. It's like, look, five times in your career, your team was up 2 nothing, and you lost. You were the higher seed in this series, and you lost. Not only did you lose, you were losing by 40. Uh, it wasn't even close yeah. uh, in, in that ball game. So I think we're going we're gonna to have the Luca Trey discussion for as long as both of those guys are in the league. But we're down to the conference finals, Ben, obviously now. Uh, getting to it. I mean, Dallas moves forward. Boston is moving forward. They eliminate uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, is this thing becoming wide open? You got, what, uh, the Heat in Boston? And uh, what, Dallas and, and Golden State? I think it is. I think it's something that, even though hopefully we'll get to later, parity, uh, balance. <laughs> in the uh, NBA, in, man, in not the, other places. Not, not, not other places. Because, Kevin, this is the thing, right? I mean, everybody thought that the you know everybody thought that the East was very very weak when LeBron, when LeBron was in the East. He goes over to the West, and the East has gotten really 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 good. You talk about a guy like Jimmy Butler, for which has you know kind of bounced around. You know, Chicago, Philly. Now you know Chicago, Philly, 
uh, you know, Minnesota. Now he's found a home in Miami. Uh, you talk about, you know, you, you you talk about Jason Tatum at only 24 years old. This is this is going to be, I think, what his third conference final. So he has a lot of experience in the playoffs and the finals, even though he's only 24 years old. You talk about you talk about a team like Dallas and Luca going up against a team that everybody thought was done because they're getting older with Clay, Steph, and Draymond. They still be in the class of not just the West, but the class of the NBA when those guys are healthy. It's crazy. As soon as as soon as Clay Clay Thompson gets hurt for a year, Steph Curry kind of hurt. They don't even make the playoffs. Clay comes back for a year. They, they're back in the they're back in the Western Conference Finals. So it shows that those guys have stand power. But yes, I do like the parity. I do like the balance. I mean, Giannis is realizing it's hard to repeat. It's hard to repeat. What is it about repeating in professional sports, period, these days? It's almost like unheard of. But, yes, I do like the fact now, Kevin, that you have a reason to watch in all regions of the country. It ain't just on the East Coast. Then you got the Midwest, right? Then you got the West Coast. You got, you know, so you got Golden State. I mean, you talk about a team like Dallas where everybody thought was done, but you see what Luka can bring to the table. You know, uh, him, him and Dinwiddie. You talk, you, I mean, you talk about, like I mentioned, Clay and Draymond, who might be the smartest player in the NBA when you look at a guy being undersized at the power forward position to be able to play, to, to guard, literally guard anybody, and is incredibly, uh, incredibly clutch. But, Kevin, this is the thing. You talk about guys like, like, like Jason Tatum is a superstar. Not a buddy. He is a superstar. You talk about Jalen Brown. You talk about Marcus Smart. You talk about, you know, represent for them 80s babies and Al Horford, who, who just keeps on getting better and better. So I do think the NBA is in a great place because you got the John Morants of the world who definitely going to be the faces. You will want a Zion Williamson to get healthy for him to get back to kind of like sell tickets. But you 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 more but everybody watches the playoffs. So Luca, Steph, uh Jimmy Butler. Uh, you know, um, Jason Tatum. Hey, man, you got some. You got some. You know, you got some older superstars, and you still got some young guns coming, making up the real. But I like it. You know, just people thought LeBron ain't in the playoffs. It's cool. Even though LeBron said, "Hey, man, this is my last year not making the playoffs." Like he ain't going in the year twenty. This is my last year not making play. Dude, you've been playing basketball longer than you've been on earth, longer than you've been alive. As far as, I mean, you know, you play basketball longer than it was. You've been an adolescent. But I, I do like it, Kevin. I do like balance. Sorry, Nick Saban. This is real parody, not just a <laughs> fake parody you were talking about this weekend. Yeah, we got more to come on that. We'll talk about Nick Saban's uh, comments, uh, which a lot of people are going, really, uh, Nick? That's what we're talking about. We'll get to that coming up in uh, in just a, a little bit. Also, uh, can we calm down with the hype? Uh, with with NFL camps, just can we, can we call it? We'll get to that coming up. We'll we'll get to that coming up here. It's just I mean, if, if anybody loves if anybody loves rookie mini camp, it has been true. He loves. He lo- no, 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 Kevin, Kevin's like no. Listen, listen. If, this is the key. If you want people to watch mini camp, just put some music in the background. Like, they're doing regular stuff like da, na, na, oh na, yeah. Like are they just catching passes? Yep. You want to see a real mini camp? We're oh, gonna get to yeah, it. Yeah, old Drake go, go, looks go, nice. Go go, go 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 to the Titans mini camp. <laughs> Oh, Drake oh, Tra- Traylon Burks is like, it's hot down here, bro. <laughs> oh, Drake London looks nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, but Drake London took his helmet off. Well, he was looking good. I said, where's, uh, the, no, that's just how he with his I said, where's the DB in that highlight tape? Uh, we, we didn't see it. Uh, we'll get to that coming up in just a little bit. Tough weekend for the Braves as well. We'll talk about it when we come back. 912-342-7184. You're able to join us here on 3 and Out, your thoughts on uh, the Braves and their weekend. Who are you most excited about here in Falcons minicamp and more? It's 3 and Out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Hit us on Twitter at Pigskin Radio. Good to have you back here 3 and Out on this Monday. Kevin and Ben, glad you're making us a part of your day. Braves with a tough weekend, uh, dropping two of three 
to the San Diego Padres. You get the Milwaukee Brewers coming up in Milwaukee. So some pretty tough series uh, back-to-back. And I know a lot of people have been frustrated with this Braves team because, again, you haven't been able to put anything consistently together. We said it last week, and it's, I mean, it still holds true. The Braves have not won three games in a row all season long. Now, they haven't lost three games in a row uh, all season long. But either way, you've just been kind of meh in the middle. I think that's actually okay. You know, I like I, again, people look at the Yankees and the Mets. They're like, they're running away with it. It's like there is a lot of season uh, out there to be played. Uh, there is obviously a lot of attrition to be had. Uh, you look at the Braves. If everything stays the same, you look at some of the struggles in the bullpen, the Braves are going to get Kirby Yates back at some point uh, this year, who at one point was one of the best closers in the American League uh, there with Cleveland. The Braves are looking to get Mike Soroka back, who at one point before – you know, multiple Achilles tears, was one of the brightest young pitchers in the National League with, with a lot of upside. Now, seeing a pitch like that, we'll have to wait and see, but they're still on track to get him back. And you look at a rotation that would be Freed, Soroka, Ian Anderson, uh, Kyle Wright, who's pitched really well, and then Mike Soroka in there as a fifth. That's a pretty devastating starting five. You look at an offense that I think still is searching for, uh, for itself. Acuna has been in and out of the lineup, and I think a lot of people – just look at it and say, this is a team that won the World Series last year. This is a team that has a lot of firepower. Why aren't they winning more? Sometimes it takes a minute uh, to kind of find itself, Ben. And uh, you look over the weekend, was it frustrating? Yeah, you were still within a play or two of, of winning the series, taking two out of three. You went to extras, it got away from you, and the Braves are terrible in extra innings for whatever reason, uh, especially with the, the new rule uh, where you get the runner on second. They're just terrible. But this is a team, I think, that, again, is still going to be there. A lot of people like to panic uh, in, in baseball. But to me, as I've said a number of times, the first half of the baseball season is all about setting yourself up for the back half of the baseball season. I know it's not split perfectly down the middle like, you know, it's, it's 81 and 81. But you get to the all-star break. If you are within reach, you are, in my opinion, in contention uh, to make the playoffs, to win a wild card, what have you. So I look at the Braves and say, look, are they playing to what people thought they would? No. Are they still on pace to win in the upper 80s worth of games? Yes. And they haven't won three games in a row. Do you think that's going to continue? Again, that would be one of those weird anomalies if they were able to go the rest of the season and say, hey, we never won three games in a row, never lost three games in a row. But I feel like there's a lot of upside still with a team that uh, is, in some people's minds, underachieving. And if you're underachieving at a better pace than you were last year, I still think, look at what you saw last year uh, from this Braves team and need to calm down. I I think also people are looking at how the Braves are are using Acuna and say, look, is he healthy? Why are they dragging him along and not letting him play? I mean, obviously they're looking out long-term. Fans want the right now. I kind of tend to agree uh, with with Acuna at this point. Like if he's, to me, his value is playing all out every day. And people say, no, you got to tell him to dial it back. No, the reason he is one of the best players in the league is because he can run, because he can do things all out, because he can hit for power. Like, it's the same reason Mike Trout is as good as he You tell Mike Trout, hey, man, just take it easy out there in the field and around the base path. Well, he's not the same player when you do that. So I think there's a lot of things that, uh, that the Braves are going through. Obviously, winning cures a lot of people's gripes and complaints, although I think with the Braves sometimes – they could win 27 in a row, lose the 28th game, and people go, what is wrong with this team? Ben, you've been in a lot of locker rooms. 
This I don't know if you've been on a, a locker room like the Braves coming off a world championship, but you've been around cultures where you expect to win. What's that locker room like when outside people are going, man, what's going on? You're still treading water. You're you're not out of it. What's the mindset in a locker room like that where you feel like you haven't even come close to hitting, you know, kind of your best performance here? Don't panic. I think I think sometimes when you when you start talking about a team like Atlanta, most teams in sports, definitely most teams in pro sports, Kevin, like you mentioned, they're not going to be defending anything. They're not going to be defending. Uh, you know, they're not they're not going to win. You know, whatever conference they in, you know, they're not going to win uh, whatever division they in. They definitely not going to be winning pennants. They definitely not going to be winning. You know, world you know world series. The thing about the Braves is, you know, I don't want you to press. When Danny Swanson was going through his, uh, when he was going through a slump, a lot of it was pressing, chasing balls. I normally wouldn't chase. I'm not, I'm not the same at the plate. The thing about the, the thing about the plate appearance is, it's about being aggressive and confident and patient. That way, I'm not chasing stuff, but I'm still aggressive. I'm very confident, but I'm patient. This Braves team, every time the Braves lose, is oh my God, the world is the world is in. That's it. Oh, this is it. No, no, this Braves team is gonna figure it out. It just hasn't happened yet. It's almost like I don't want to peak. Listen, in, in sports, I don't want to peak too early, but I do want to peak. I don't want to peak too early, though. As you mentioned, Kevin, okay, this Padres team, okay, it kind of it got away from that last game. I, I get it. Why is it when the Braves win? It's brilliant. But when they lose, this is the worst. They are, it can't, you, you can't have, you know, you got, we got to be, I think more or less, the same thing we're trying to find as analysts, as a fan base, as, as team, is balance. You got to find balance. As you mentioned, Kevin, we don't even talk about Mike Soroka. That's how much we engulfed into the season. I do agree with the Ronald Lacuna. At a certain point, all right, man, you got to take the governor off. He's ready. Because he'll get impatient, which is going to affect this game again. Because he's thinking, oh, man, you know, I like Orlando, you know, but at the same time, if, if there's a DA situation, it should be Ronald Lacuna if it's crunch time. So I do think, Kevin, yes, like most, I'll see it. And it's it's about how the Braves look when they lose. We act like it's the worst. Look, twelve to one, two to th- three to two, it's a loss. Just like three to two, twelve to one is a win if if, it, if it's going in favor of those Braves. But I do think they're going to get some guys back. I do think that rhythm is coming. I do think hopefully Snead is telling them, listen, we're not going to win the World Series every year. But when you think about what, but the thing that Snead and Anthopolis has to understand. All they know is winning since they got there. Do we? <laughs> we that, that, that's all we know since y'all since y'all been here, man. We win the division every year. Now, we said it before the season that NL East is going to be tough. I mean, Degrom and company. You talk about the Nets. You talk about the Fields. Talk about the Mar. It's gonna be tough. And I know maybe that's what it is, Kevin. We just expect the Braves to be. But look, the Braves aren't out of it. And this is the thing: if you are a Braves fan. The Braves aren't done until they are. And if you are a Mets <laughs> fan, you know you're nervous. You know they don't know what you're the world is. You're waiting for that goes. other shoe. I'm yeah, not yeah, the, the Mets is, I mean, look, look. The Grom Scherzer, hey, man, I, I get it. I, I get it. You add those two together, I get it. But if you are but if you are the Braves, don't press. The, the hardest thing about being a pro is going back to the drawing board, win or lose. The hardest thing about being a pro is I'm going back to, you know, I'm going to work no matter, no matter if I want to lose. I don't let the scoreboard dictate how I play. But I do agree, Kevin, when you got a talent, uh, like Ron Lacuna, because he brings so much when he's out there. It's not just what he does offensively and defensively. Sure. The confidence that he brings. And if I'm a new if I'm a new guy on the Braves, hey, man, I want to play Toronto. I want to see how my game translates to his game on a night-in, night-out basis. But I get it. You know, congrats to the Padres. Look, they got the best of the Braves. It happens. But I do think, Kevin, once they get on the roll and we kind of can see 
We, because like I said, the bullpen is still incredible for the Braves. You're still talking about a guy like a Max Fried, a Kyle Wright that has been that's still been pitching, you know, pretty well. It's gonna happen. I mean, you're throwing against I don't know major league batters, yeah. so they're gonna, <laughs> yeah. they're gonna get hit sometimes. But I'm like you, I'm not I'm not too high and too low about it. Now, if if the if the Nats was out front like that, maybe maybe if the field was out front like that, feeling maybe the Mets look. And this is nothing against the Mets, right? The Mets are in a proven state. It's absolutely right? against and, the Mets. I say it. Well, well, I mean, it's I'm the just, Mets. Show me. I show mean, me, exactly. Like, like, listen. I, I know, I know, I know that the Cardinals are in St. Louis, but you might as well put the Mets there as well because they're gonna have to show everybody, including themselves, <laughs> that they're not front runners, Kevin, to the point where do they do they run out do they run out of gas at the end? We'll see. But right now they're playing well. I get, you know, I give them that kudos. Again, Braves against the Brewers next three nights. Uh, as they go on the road. We've got more to come here. It is three and out. Again, mini camps around the NFL for rookies. And some of y'all got to calm down on uh, on Falcons Twitter. I mean, really. You really just take take a deep breath and calm down. We'll get to that. It's three and out. Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back on this Monday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop. Glad you're making us a part of your day. Streaming live at ESPNCoastal.com and on Facebook and Twitter. You can now uh, watch the show uh, live there as well, 912-342-7184, 912-342-7184, your number to join us on the show. And, Ben, people need to calm down. I, I told Ben during the break, Ben loves to slap people in the face with baby powder. Yep. They may not have enough for Falcons fans. Falcons have started rookie minicamp, which is what, like four days, five days? Uh, typically, it just started – Last Friday, I believe. Thursday or Friday last week. I think they showed up on Thursday, got on the field on Friday. I'm going to read you some reactions from fans. <laughs> can, can, do you mind? Here we go. I mean, I mean, this is To set the mood. So, to set the mood, he, Kevin is talking about it was rookie minicamp. And listen, in the world of, quote, not a lot of NFL news going on. <laughs> The Atlanta Falcons fan base said, we're going to outdo all other 31 yeah. fan bases. Kevin, take it away. All right, so again, ju- it's just the rookies there. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. Marcus Mariota is not in the building. Outside of Drake London, outside of Nathan yeah. Desmond Ritter, you, you literally know nobody else out there. Yeah, it's a bunch of dudes trying to make teams. I think there's like there's cut, there's cut guys who have been cut. I believe you can have have some veterans, but they're like they yes. cut that are trying to make the roster yes. just to get to camp. But like it's basically rookies in shorts, t-shirts, and that's it. UC fans won't be surprised by this news. Desmond Ritter fitting in very well in Atlanta. Okay, that's a fine headline. We're off to a great start. Okay, Ben, as we continue to uh, to scroll along, if the offensive line can hold up. I really think Desmond Ritter could have a Dak Prescott-like rookie season impact on the Falcons. The more I see of Ritter, the surer I am he's going to work out. Dak Pre- so now we're having the same impact as Dak Prescott for a guy who's, who's not going to start. Tony Romo literally is in the booth right now. Yes. So, there, so, so, so there's what? Let's see. Desmond Ritter is the only non-picket QB that will hit the field this year. His work ethic. We'll get him playing time, plus Mariota is not a significant hurdle to overcome. So a guy who's been in the league for, for seven, eight years is going to look. I, I get it. It's a couple of practices, and, 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 it, and it continues. 
Not trying to put too much stock into rookie camps or whatever, but Desmond Ritter has got me feeling some type of way at the Falcons' QB position. There's no way Desmond Ritter doesn't take the job from Mariota halfway through this season, right? And again, we find it. I get that Russell Wilson feeling from Desmond Ritter. Just a hunch. He might be that dude. Have at it, Falcons fans. I mean, it's been three practices against air, and we've had a Dak Prescott and a Russell Wilson comp comp out there. Can we calm down? Last I know, A.J. Terrell is not in the building, and he's on your team. So no, like, yeah, so no Kyle Pitts, <laughs> yeah, right? No Brady Jarrett, no Lorenzo Carter, no AJ Terrell, right? No Cordell Patterson, no, no co- Marcus no Mariota, contact, no contact. <laughs> trying to figure things out. So I went from a sketchy offensive line to if the offensive line can stay healthy, this dude can have a monster season. <laughs> the listen, listen, him and Pickett are gonna be the only two rookie quarterbacks that even hit the field in 2022. He, listen, man, Marcus Mariota, it's not, there's no way he, he cannot be like, not, not beat out Marcus Mariota. Man, Dak Prescott, no pressure. I kind of get more Russell, <laughs> Russell Wilson when I look at him. And I'm thinking to myself, so let me get, once again, you don't, compare, you don't, you don't, you don't compare somebody who is established, a, one of the faces in the NFL, Super Bowl winner, <laughs> back to back Super Bowl appearances. Another guy who just signed one of the biggest contracts we've ever seen in Dak Prescott, who plays for Dallas, which is probably maybe not the hardest, maybe not the hardest position to be in, but definitely, definitely, uh, You're the, the most the bright, scrutiny, yeah. yeah, the most scrutiny. And isn't it ironic <laughs> that Desmond Ritter is only getting is only getting compared to black quarterbacks, <laughs> right? That, 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 I mean, that, I'm that, not even saying that. You know, I'm but, just but, like, but, but, come but, on, but, man. but but even but even with that, even with that, Kevin. So let me once again. Why does nobody ever get Kirk Cousins vibes? Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Why, why, why nobody say, man? I mean, listen, man. He kind of, he kind of remind me of James Winston as a rookie. <laughs> what? Oh, he kind of remind me. He kind of. Yeah. Because it's the thing, right? After you, three practices, you know, you know, man. He's you looking. know who you don't want to be compared to as a rookie quarterback? That would be Peyton Manning. <laughs> you notice? People say, oh, we talking about Peyton Manning down the line, not, yeah. not rookie year, not like hurt neck picks. Peyton Manning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, but I will say this, Kevin. This this is what happens. I, I say this all the time. In the world of social media, to where everything, listen, listen, arrivals are a thing now. Like getting off the bus or the plane or your car, walking in, woo, you saw him just get there? Well, yeah. Like he doesn't teleport to the game. He has to He has to walk in. Desmond Ritter. Now, now, mind you, people, we only got enough time for the day show for Desmond Ritter. We ain't got time to go to London Drake's. I mean, Drake London. Yeah. Because his, they said, listen, listen, the way, it's like this. If we didn't tell you where they were drafted, what school they went to, would it be, hey, man, that number five? Boy, the way he came out that route, like every other receiver came out the route. No, 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 no. Listen, listen. You don't run routes different because you go get drafted high. You don't throw the ball different because you were a top 100 pick. We need to stop this, people. We do it to ourselves, right? Weird. Atlanta doesn't have Maddie Ice. You need to get that in your system right now. Matty Ice is gone to a better team in an easier conference. Yet, all of a sudden, Desmond Ritter <laughs> somebody, is going to take us to the promised land. Yeah, somebody literally tweeted, 
Desmond Ritter is literally Dak Prescott. Let me let me tell y'all. Let me tell y'all something, man. We well, listen. We finna we finna cut this short. Listen, we finna cut this short right. Yeah, I love fans now. Right. Look, can people remind you of something? Yeah. Can people quote look like somebody? Yeah. Right. Like there are people in the NBA who are just as big. And str- just as big as LeBron. Are they LeBron? No. <laughs> yeah. Are they LeBron? No. Right? Like, here you go. KD's the best player in the world. Giannis is the best player in the world. Are they better than LeBron? No. Des- Desmond Ritter, before he even throws a real pass in a game that matters, is Dak Prescott and Russell Wilson mixed. Are y'all Have y'all lost y'all minds? Listen, Atlanta, let me tell, let me tell y'all something. We, need, we don't need to do it to ourselves. The Rise Up commercials, Deion Sanders. Think about it. Of all the people they can get as a former player, they got Deion Sanders. What's up, baby? Welcome to primetime. Not Roddy White, not Julio Jones, right? So I will say this, Kevin. We living up to it. Now, I yeah. will say this. Now, fans whoever, are great. Whoever, whoever is a part of the video team, uh, you know, with Atlanta, hey. hey out routes versus air hey, look good, man. Listen, listen. This is how you know. I seen, you know, Drake London Running up and trying to make a tackle on special teams. You really think Drake London gonna be playing special teams? <laughs> no. So all I'm saying is, Kevin, look, 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 look. Thank God. Because you know what that means. If he's doing that, the next word's like, oh, he's so versatile. Oh my God, you're gonna be on special teams. Oh, you mean you said something? He just made on fourth down. Hey, listen, dropped the pass on third down, ran down and made a tackle on fourth down. That's dedication. I will say this though. I remember when they won. Justin Fields first went to Georgia. And, and he threw his first pass in the spring game. They said the, the Justin Fields era has begun. How did that end up? People, listen to us. Now, if you are the Atlanta Falcons video team, we got to get some, we got to get some shots of them. I get it. I get that part. But, Kevin, we are commentating on many camps. We're commentating on them like it's a game. Like, you know what that would be like? That would be like having a mock draft after the draft. They just had it. <laughs> you know, you do mocks. Mocks draft is to tell you what you think is going to happen, not what they should have done after the draft. This is how mine would have went. Drake London, Desmond Ritter, you know, I mean, Arnold Ebikiti. Y'all boys just go out there and enjoy yourself. Stay off of social media. But And I guarantee you this, Kevin. To those, to, listen, and to those journalists out there who can't come up with a question on your own, if you come up in there and say, man, I mean, got, got certain people saying, man, you, you kind of remind them of Russell, Russell Wilson. Get that Russell Wilson vibe. I Here's the best go, one. I would be there and go, Desmond, don't answer that. Desmond, Again. your name is Desmond Ritter, right? You will be the first Desmond Ritter. I guarantee you that. Yeah. But, Desmond, congratulations, uh, getting drafted. Look, look, listen, listen, you look good in minicamp, whatever that means, because Traylon Burks, the first-round pick out of Arkansas to, quote, replace A.J. Brown, won't y'all just go type in his name in minicamp? That boy was doing a drill. It was yeah. like, whoo. <laughs> I mean, look, is it is it implausible that Desmond Ritter can get on the field? No. Is it going to be, like, in week three, like everybody said? Like, uh, no. Right? I mean, there's – Ben, uh, look, he, 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 could be, he could be nice – but everybody has this kind of fantasy that he's going to unseat Marcus Mariota. Like yep. he had better have a tremendous preseason. Well, 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 and no, 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 no. Like to even think about that, and he probably still well, won't. I, and no, he I still will, won't start. I will say because, this. Hold on, hold on. I will say this, Kevin. Now, 
in his de- in in Desmond Ritter's defense, Desmond Ritter ain't said nothing to nobody. You don't know, you know, do do is he sending is he sending the Desmond Ritter media team media blitz out there to just say all kind of things under quote you know uh, fake accounts? Joel Embiid, Kevin Durant. I just think that for me, we Atlanta needs Marcus Mariota to start. Because if Desmond Ritter run out there week one, it is going. Well, let me say this. If Marcus Mariota run out there week one, it's going to get ugly. It's going to get dark, dark if Desmond Ritter run out there. Because I used to think that you couldn't, you couldn't learn the game from watching. But sometimes you need to see it. You need to see how fast things happen. You need to see how Marcus Mariota gets up to the line, looks at the defense, makes the calls, communicating, you know, communicating with the center, the center communicating with the guards and the tackles. The tackles, you know, uh, making sure, you know, the, the tight ends looking at You need to see all this stuff. You need to see how the defense is moving. You need to be able to get the play in with it, you know, with like, I don't know, 20 seconds left so I can go out there and, you know, uh, survey the de- all this stuff. You got to become a computer yeah. of the game, not just a not just a not just a student of the game. You got to get it. And there is nothing wrong. If Desmond Ritter is gonna be the future, why does the future got to be right now? It doesn't. It's one yeah. mini camp. I will say this. When I first got to college, I did everything with the freshmen. We out there running around, Kevin, woo, out there looking good. I said, boy, this college stuff is easy. <laughs> looking good. Then all of a sudden, the, the upperclassmen came back. And Spurrier said, and I quote, All right, show them how it's supposed to look. And we go look. I go, they're moving pretty fast. <laughs> that happened real quick. All I'm saying is, Kevin, there's a learning curve. Russell Wilson got everybody to think they're going to start from day one. That is rare. Dak Prescott got everybody thinking they're going to be the reason why the, the guy that was, that was before them going to be in the broadcast booth. No. Desmond, go out there and do your thing. Learn with your teammates. Absorb everything you can from Marcus Mariota. And and unfortunately for us, uh, Falcons fans, we can't control yeah. y'all. If y'all doing this in minicamp, I mean it's crazy. It's I gonna mean, get even uglier and, come training and camp. And like I said, I'm not I'm not here to hate on Desmond Ritter say he, this or that. I'm just saying after a few practices against basically running a seven on seven, where it's like, hey, you can't hit the quarterback and nobody's wearing shoulder pads or trying to bump guys off routes. Like, here we go, Ben. I, I'll just I'll just I'll just leave you with this. And 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 this is all I'll say. This is from a blue check mark of somebody in 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 the media in Atlanta, and they acknowledge in the tweet getting way too ahead of myself. Glad you acknowledge that because that means what you're about to say is ridiculous. Getting way <laughs> too ahead of myself, but Ritter is giving me 2012 Russell Wilson vibes because he's throwing against loose seven on seven coverage in air. Like, I, look. Can we can we just not be the one? I mean, because you know people are doing yep, this, yep. so we can go back into tweet scroll. And go, I remember when I said it. I said Russell Wilson eight years ago. It's like, and you sounded like a moron then. Great, he panned out, but it's like you said, Ben. We're he's not even trying to be tackled. Well, he can't be. Nobody, nobody's trying to confuse him on defense right now. And I'm not saying he can't do that, but can we calm down? A quarterback, just a a little quarterback bit. is the only position in sports that only get hit one day a week. <laughs> And that and that and that and that's for the game. They don't get hit. Oh, he's school. gonna get hit for the Falcons. Oh, <laughs> but, but, but he better he better get him a nice, real soft bed. Yeah, but look, I, look, and again, I, I hope Desmond Ritter works out. I thought it was a steal of a pick. Yeah, uh, there in the third round. Yes, but when you come out after a rookie minicamp against other rookies, and Ben, I'll give you a chance to talk about this later in the show. But you were telling me before the show, like rookie minicamp. 
in the National Football League, you're like, I was just trying to figure out if they said this, if I was supposed to go to the right it's a bunch of or, the, or the left. Yeah, you know, it's, 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 you know, I'm not saying you can't look good. I would say, can we calm down and stop crowning people before they, before they get in there? Look, I'm not saying Marcus Mariota is going to come in and look like Tom Brady for the Atlanta Falcons. But he's certainly more seasoned. He's certainly more of a veteran quarterback. He has familiarity with the way things were done in Tennessee, which is similar to what Arthur Smith wants to do. I think Desmond Ritter is going to have a hard time getting on the field. And I I actually think if you are a fan of Desmond Ritter, that's not a bad thing. Nope. That is not a bad thing. Nope. But can we calm down with the he's going to have a Dak Prescott impact? Yeah, like, and, for, for the, and for those people who don't understand how hard it is to get on the field, right? Did anybody for the Falcons rookie class have anybody kind of impact except for Kyle Pitts? No. Nope. And he didn't have an impact in the end zone but one time I, I, I all know, season. And, and, and Kyle Pitts just realized that impact in fantasy is not impact in reality. Oh, he impacted them fantasy. Them fantasy lovers, they love Kyle Pitts. But didn't he? Like, he only got one touchdown. Well, what is the thing? What is the I thing? He got Kevin? yards, I guess. Well, but, what is the thing, Kevin? Um, on tape. Oh, this will be his fifth year. Lorenzo Carter, this is his fifth year. And they don't they own one year deal. So they've been in the league four years already. And they're and they're fighting for their NFL lives. All I'm trying to tell people is, is this. Look, if we're gonna compare people to stuff, let's not compare it to the best people doing it. Like, what are we talking about? Man, listen, man. I, I heard you in the booth calling that game, boy. I thought you was Joe Buck. No, 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 you no, you didn't. Like, I, like, 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 no, you didn't. We yeah. don't gotta do that. I listen. There was that's my grandma. Listen, not to get my Shannon Sharp on. My grandma would always say, "Boy, the trouble with people is most people want to do stuff, but they don't want to be seen starting from the bottom. Don't be most people. You know, you don't just go Russell Wilson. If Russell Wilson walked around Flower Branch, people would go, "Wow, that's Russell Wilson." If Desmond Ritter, who's walking around Flower Branch right now, would you know him? No. If Desmond Ritter was standing next to Russell Wilson and Dak, you will go, hey, who that dude standing next to Dak and Russell Wilson? But yet, that's who he is. Let's stop this. Listen, Desmond, and it ain't your fault, be Desmond. I mean, Goodness. I just, I, you know, I see stuff like that. You can't help but laugh about it. It's like, come on, man. We've been through three practices. Man, he kind of looked like Russell Wilson 2012. What? Like, yeah. And somebody go, and you go Desmond, Russell Wilson? Desmond, how do you feel about the playbook? Well, we were still in the first three, two or three pages of this thing. It's like, can we can we calm down? Like, look, I think his game's nice. But going from college to the pros to start. And I'm not saying this would be mad. Tua was a great player. Yep. Is Tua polished? Jalen Hurts was a great college player. Yep. Is he polished? Nope. In year two or three, Justin Fields was a great college nope. player. Where is he? So it's like, can we calm down with saying the Russell Wilson and have Dak Prescott impact? Like, uh, look, I get it. We're fans. Short for fanatic. I'll be surprised if Desmond Ritter gets in more than two games, if at all. And that's not a bad thing if he so doesn't. So what, would Desmond up. Ritter throw a pick to somebody and say, man, Russell Wilson would have did that? Yeah, because that ain't Russ. No, no, if Desmond, no. Then if Desmond Ritter comes in and throws a pick on his first pass, then you can say he's Brett Favre because that's what Brett Favre did. Right? He mastered Brett Favre Falcon stats. 0 for 1, 1 pick 6. He's on his way. He's well on his way to becoming Brett Favre. Yeah, if he become Brett Favre for, for what Atlanta wishes, we gotta did, come back. Take it. It's three and out. Good to have you back here on this Monday, Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop. Thanks for being with us here on Three and Out. Nick Saban says, "We man, we just got to get back to some parity in college football." Doggone it! It's no fun when Alabama wins all the time. <laughs> I mean. 
Sometimes you wonder if he just says stuff to uh, to say stuff. All the, also, mini camps. Uh, we we love all the uh, the things that come out of uh, of mini camps. We'll talk more uh, about that. Could we see Drew Brees back in the National Football League? We'll talk about that as well. But Ben, first, let's take three on this Monday here on. Well, we're not going to do it yet. Now we are. It's three and out on this Monday. All right, Ben. I only gave you, I think, the first couple of uh, the first take three questions. So I don't even know if you know what is taking place today on take three. So take one, a total surprise for you. Who won the Trey Luca trade back on draft day? Of course, the Hawks draft Luca Doncic. Everybody's going, he's coming to the ATL. And in fine Atlanta fashion, he's a Hawk for about 15 minutes and he goes to Dallas. Hawks get Trey Young in return. Trey Young went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Luca Western Conference Finals this year, maybe the finals if they can get by. But who won the trade? I still think it's I still think it's Atlanta. I think sometimes when you think about a guy like Luka Doncic, and obviously people looking at people, Luka Doncic right now is more current than uh, than Trey Young because he's still in the, he's still in the uh, playoffs, and uh, Trey Young is not. This time last year, Trey Young, who you know was in the Eastern Conference Finals, ended up losing. Him and his Hawks lost. You know, to the uh, to the Milwaukee Bucks, who then went on to win, uh, you know, the championship. I still, I still think it is though, uh, Atlanta. The thing about the thing about a guy like Trey Young is he's always going to get the short end of the stick, Kevin, because of where he plays, not how he plays. I think he was a scoring leader. I think he, uh, you know, won the scoring title in uh, last year in the NBA. I already been an All Star. I already signed a second contract, max deal. I mean, Luka Doncic, Luka Doncic is a box office. I'm not saying that. Luka Doncic is at a place like Luka Doncic has a place like at a place like Dallas. Him and Mark Cuban and what he's meaning for that Dallas Mavericks organization, and I think it's a healthy comparison. Most of the time, when you compare guys, it'd be because you know. Most of the time, it'd be because they played against each other, uh, you know, in the in the uh, in the NCAA tournament or things of that nature. You no, know, Trey and Luka would be tied to the hip, no matter what you know throughout their careers. But both of them are superstars. Both of them are, are are obviously the faces of their franchise. They have to lead their team. But I still think it is Atlanta. I ain't taking nothing away from Luka. I know in the words of Stephen A. Smith, he is a bad man. He is. He is. But so is Trey. So is Trey Young. And I just think sometimes, Kevin, you know, comparisons is obviously something I'm never, ever going to be able to get away from definitely in this business. But when it's all said and done, we got to wait to see what, you know, uh, Luka Doncic and company do, do you know, uh, in the Western Conference Finals. But for my money, I'm going to go with Trick or Treat. It's a race to get a championship if either one can do I think it actually probably still is Luka Doncic and the, and the Mavs. Why? Because I think with Trey Young, I mean, even with Steph Curry, as good as Steph is, you got to have that other guy with him to uh, kind of really make him go. Uh, whereas Luka's, you know, I mean, is it fair to call him a big? I know he doesn't play like it, but he can kind of, he can carry a team a little bit, right? He doesn't necessarily have to have the other megastar next to him. Fair enough? I mean, I think that's uh, where I'm at with it. Like I said, if, Lu- if Luka wins the championship, obviously it's going to be Luka, but Luka, that, sure. that, that's, that, that, that's yet to be seen. All right, moving along. Take two, the Reds. Oh, the lovable Reds. They got nothing to be excited about but the skyline chili there in Cincinnati. The Reds threw a combined no-hitter yesterday, Ben, which means multiple pitchers came in. They didn't allow a hit, and the Reds lost. Something that has happened only six times in Major League Baseball history. If you were in that locker room, what are you thinking about after a loss like that? 
<sighs> you don't want to be on this side of history. You, you, cause, 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 like you said, Kevin, it, it becomes one of those things where, look, man, we essentially <laughs> we did what we were supposed to do, but sometimes, right, life just isn't fair. Like, 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 it really, especially if you're with Cincinnati. Yeah, and, 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 and the thing, I will say this on a, which I hate to let this be my, my, you know, sports take, uh, you know, barometer. Social media was going crazy because people was like, man, I'm kind of dumbfounded. Like, did you? Did you just because Kevin? No. Well, a lot of people don't think that's even possible. Well, that's what yeah, that's that's what it really is. Like we said, it's rare, Kevin, that you're going to see some of baseball and go, "Oh man, they never seen that before." That's what happened this weekend. You're thinking, so essentially, we we did everything right and still lost. Like we didn't give up. We pitched any- correctly. They gave up an error in the field. They they walked a guy well, Kevin, in the ninth they, inning. He stole second, and then they committed an error on the on the next play. It goes back to this. How much easier is it to not make errors when the game is going your way? But when it's a no hitter, you think, like, you still think, everybody's thinking, I don't want to be that guy. Exactly. And you became that guy. I think that's, I think that's the, uh, I think that's it. I mean, like in sports, people say, oh, hit me the ball. Like, I want the ball. But, But again, I think this is where the distinction comes in in sports, right? Michael Jordan wants the ball. Kobe wanted the ball. Shaq wanted the ball. The pitcher wants the ball. The batter wants to be in the batter's box. Well, if you're if you're that guy on defense, nobody wants to be that guy most of the time, right? Hey, it's the Super Bowl. The ball's on the five yard line. The other team wins if they score a touchdown. Please don't throw it at me. Let it be somebody else's fault. Don't hit the ball to me. Let it be somebody else's fault. Why do I got to guard Jordan with the game on the line? Let it be somebody else. Like if you come out the if, if you're the Cavs and in that game and you're coming down on defense and you're like, oh no. Like, why can't I get Steve Kerr this time <laughs> down the court? Let somebody else get posterized by uh, by Michael Jordan. But, yeah, that stuff, man. If I'm sitting in that locker, I'm like, it, it, yep, it's that kind of season. No hitter, and, and, and you still don't win. All right, moving along, Ben. Take three. This is very important because this question has got me fired up. We'd like to talk about what the national holidays are around the uh, around and throughout the year. Today is National Barbecue Day, right? National Barbecue Day. Ben's mouth's watering. What do you think about when you're thinking about barbecue? Ooh, brisket. And no! Uh, no. This is bar like this is like hot dogs, hamburgers, bar like no. It should be called should it be called National Grill Day or National Grilling Day and not barbecue day? Like I, that well, drives I, me I, nuts. I will, I will say this. Now I will say this. Now this we talk we talk about hot what, dogs and hamburgers, not barbecue. No, no, I will say this. Steak. Now, not barbecuing, you are grilling. I will say this. The case. end. Drives me crazy. Okay, this, this is the thing. You, you make a great point. Now, depending on where you are in the world, in the, and I'm talking about the U.S., we say things differently. Growing up, nobody ever said, hey, man, we're going to meet y'all at the barbecue. We said, man, we'll see y'all at the cookout. See y'all at the grill out. <laughs> that's right, that's, yeah. That's what we used to say. We're grilling y'all, out. Yeah, y'all grilling I mean, out. Somebody say, y'all grilling out this weekend? Yeah, all right. So, boom, right? Now, you go up north, hey, man, let's, I see you guys at the barbecue. <laughs> and the thing is, you get to the barbecue, you expect to see something that takes barbecue sauce. Yeah. Listen, just because you can't put barbecue sauce on a hamburger doesn't make it a barbecue, people. That is not yes. the same thing. But those people that are thinking I'm crazy. When you in the, when you up north, you going into the supermarket, you going into the store, you get a shopping cart. Down south, it's a buggy. <laughs> That's right. Right? So, so, That's so, right. So, so don't think that, you know, where you are. But you are right, Kevin. No, this is one that drives me literally insane. <laughs> not, again, there's a lot of things like, don't come at me with the triple chocolate. That, that doesn't exist. But, like, this is one of those things. I remember I was uh, 16 years old, still in high school, and the neighbors across the street from my mom and dad's house 
were having what I would consider to be a cookout. They're going to grill some food. They came over and told my mom and dad, hey, we're having barbecue. Come on over a little bit later. So I go over there, and we get ready to eat the food, and I, I, I can remember this vividly, Ben. Mm-hmm. I look at my mom, and I go, where's the, where's the barbecue at? Where's the sauce at? And she goes, oh, no, 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 no. Plain as day, my mom said this. She looked at me under her breath, and she goes, they're from California. This is what they call hot dogs and hamburgers. I was like, you got to be kidding me. I, like, I, was, I was like almost kind of like jipped, like, hey, I'll eat a hamburger, so it's fine. But I was expecting, you know, a dead pig over there. You know what I mean? Yep. Like a pig that had been torn apart and put on some bread, smothered in some sauce, not, and, hey, and here's like some I, ketchup and mustard. And, like I said, and so too, it was a like big I, letdown. And, listen, and, why, and why, listen, and while I can while I can respect Mama Thomas, you, what you really <laughs> said, I, I can. What she was really, like, that was what, like what the blessing really her. Say, like, they're from California. Really saying, Kevin, is, they ain't even going to be here that long. <laughs> and you messed it up for me. So hold on, you wouldn't do this for me? <laughs> Like, you, like, if I say, you know, and, and I, and I, no, but no, I was, now, I was now, like confused. Now, now, this is basically what Kevin is saying. I was to literally safe, confused. No, I had no be, idea what was going to on. To be safe, right? Get you a big grill. Prefer the one that got the top rack and the bottom rack. Right? <laughs> yeah. Make sure you got everything hot dogs, the- hamburgers, chicken, maybe some briskets. And stuff. That way, Everybody's. Every, you could say, call it a grill it out, call it a cookout, no. call it a barbecue. I don't know. Chicken don't, doesn't count. No, chicken okay. doesn't count. So listen, listen. Kevin says, if you listen, say meat, real beef. Yeah. No. 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 We are in the South. We are not in Texas. I don't care about. If you call Kevin's phone and you say, Kevin, we got barbecue over here at the house. A pig had better sacrifice its life because we're not eating hamburgers and hot dogs. We're not eating brisket. We're not eating steak. I'm just saying. Most people should know this. That's all I'm saying. Like, don't call if you if you call me and say we're having barbecue, there better be dead dead pig on a bun. If not, say we're grilling out and we got hot dogs and hamburgers. You don't, but you don't barbecue. Hot, day, I, you don't even like. Don't even tell me you're bar, like if you put chicken on the grill and barbecue. No, that's not bar. You have you are grilling chicken and you put sauce on top of it. That is not barbecue. You could have barbecue chicken, but don't call it that. You're grilling and, chicken. And put, another thing, do you Kevin, understand what I'm saying? Like, I know I do understand. I will fight I, somebody. And I will say this. Listen, let me tell you something. Most of us are really good at grilling. Most of us cannot barbecue. I'm going to say that again. Most of us are. I, I can grill. Now, I can grill with the best of them. But if you're going to do barbecue and you're not going to get it catered from somebody who do this for a living, it better be good. <laughs> and this is another thing. When it comes to the barbecue sauce, just like Kevin say, people don't really eat. They don't really eat salad. They just eat. They, they, they just flood it with dressing. If all I can see in the barbecue is sauce, because you're trying to take make the sauce, you know, I want to taste the flavor. So, word to the wise people, you're going to call Kevin's phone and you're barbecuing, and he get over there and, and you pull up that grill. And please don't pull up the grill with no hot dogs and hamburgers like you really doing something. You can do that on a skillet. Come on, people. Let's get right. If we're going to do barbecue, let's do it. And if we're not, hey. That just means I'm staying away from something that I'm not I'm, I'm not a you know a master at. I'm gonna leave it alone. But I do agree, Kevin. Hey man, you're gonna barbecue, let's do it. But just know, once you show me you can do it, I'll buy the meat. I'll buy the pig. <laughs> you just gonna have to, you know, you're gonna have, you're gonna have to get him right. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Just let's make sure we get the terminology right so you're not lying to me. That's what you're doing. You're lying to me. 
Hey, we got barbecue. We're barbecuing like over bone, here. Like what? a boneless wing. That's a lie. Yeah, exactly. Don't lie to people about <laughs> about your meat, about the meat. That's it's just it's very simple policy I like to live by. Don't tell me about triple chocolate. Listen, there's that's no, what, that's, that's there's what no, I do there's, now. There's no triple strawberry. <laughs> yes. There's no, don't, don't lie to me about we, the meat. We are learning things on the show. Y'all thought this was just a, y'all thought this was just a sports <laughs> show. No. Yeah. Cold apple pie, it's not apple pie. Exactly. Right? A boneless wings, it's not a wing at all. Exactly. And barbecue that doesn't have, I don't know, barbecue there. It's not a barbecue <laughs> yeah. at all. Stop lying to each other. Yeah. Man. Don't lie to Kevin about the meat. <laughs> Hashtag don't lie to Kevin or the baby powder is on deck. <laughs> we got that's take three. We do it every day this time. Nick Saban. He he know he just wants parody, man. Uh, is that too much to ask in college football? Can we can we just get back, Ben, to the days where Alabama's winning six of Six and nine championship. Can, can we just get back to that? Those parody-driven days of college football. Well, Nick Saban wants us to get there. It's three and out. Southern Pigskin Radio Network. I'll be back here on three and out. Kevin Thomas and Ben Troop. Glad you're with us. Nick Saban wants parody, Ben. Mm-hmm. He was talking to uh, to Paul Feinbaum uh, over the weekend and said, hey, I think as, as college football, we, we just got to get back to, just got to get back to parody. You know, like the good old days. So I, I was like, you're right. You know, it's been kind of getting crazy. But, you know, since 2000, there's been, in the last, what, 21 years, there's been 13 SEC champions. That's parody, at least in one league. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think the other ones that weren't part of the 13 were repeat winners. I don't know what kind of parody he's talking about uh, because – Again, you're talking about living in the day and age where dollars and cents are concerned. We talk about the Cincinnati's, right, Ben? We talk about the Central Floridas. But let me tell you, you you stop me when I get to a team that you feel like probably isn't up there in terms of big money, big revenue type school, right? Georgia, Alabama, LSU, Clemson, Alabama, Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, Florida State, Alabama, Auburn, Alabama, Florida, LSU, Florida, Texas, USC, LSU, USC, Ohio State, Miami, and Oklahoma. And that Miami team's all the way back to 2001, uh, the last time they won it. So maybe you would say Miami is a big brand, not a huge revenue school. I think Florida State won the national championship in 2013. They have, you know, since gone through several coaches and financial things and the ACC media package. We talked about that where we said, you know, look, in the coming years, the SEC and Big Ten are going to be making double the amount of money as the Big 12, the Big, T- uh, the, the Pac-12, and the ACC schools are. So what exactly is getting back to parity, and what does that look like? Because, again, haven't seen a whole lot of TCUs, haven't seen a whole lot of Utahs, even though they've had good teams, haven't seen Cincinnati's in there. It's LSU, Florida, Bama, Southern Cal, Texas, Georgia, I mean, I guarantee if I were to go look at least since, you know, 2010, probably the only ones that aren't in the top 15 in revenue might be Florida State. Right? Right? If you want to look at it. I don't know that to be true, but Florida State is a big brand. I don't know if they're necessarily one of those cash cow programs at the moment where it's like we got $100 sitting in a bank just chilling. You know, like the way Georgia does, where they have like, hey, we got a hundreds million dollar reserve fund, just just chilling over there. It's big money. So, what parody do you think Nick is talking about? And what? And again, what parody are are we talking about in college football? Because we say parody, and people will say, well, the fans don't really want parody. We want big names to win. And they say, well, they for the most part, 
they do. So when you're talking about parody, what I mean, what exactly is, is Nick talking about? I, I really I really don't know. I, I really been trying to ponder what in the world Nick Saban is talking about. Like I, and that, and that's just being all the way honest. But then Kevin and I know people ain't going to like this, but Nick Saban got that. He got that Aaron Rodgers, man. They're not talking about Alabama enough. They're not talking about Nick Saban enough. Nick Saban knows whatever I say, it's golden. Whenever I say it, I'm going to go on these major platforms and say it. He was talking about this, what, a, week, a couple of weeks ago, he was talking about how, you know, you're going to have to get a hold of this. He was a transfer portal guy. We're not going to be able to, uh, you know, get him to do what we want him to do. He was an NIL guy. Hey, man, it's becoming, you know, more like free agency. Now I want the parody to come back. Nick. Nick. Most people don't even know you coached at Michigan State. Most people don't even know you coached at, at Miami, and I'm talking about the Dolphins. They only know you for LSU and Alabama. Right? And you said your biggest regret was leaving LSU. While at Alabama, no one said a word. No, Kevin, this is what I mean, right? Nick Saban, right, has big money spending privilege. A lot of coaches have it. Not, well, not a lot, but certain coaches. Nick Saban is talking about a never-never land. Could you imagine how Nick Saban would be if he was just another coach and no one can? Because there are other coaches who really want parity. No, 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 no. Let's call it this. There are coaches that want to even wish – there was some level of parity. There isn't parity <laughs> yeah. in college athletics. Notice I said college is, athletics. Is, is he going to give back some of those five-star recruits and spread them around so that everybody get Nick, everybody gets some? Hey, Nick, uh, what we're going to start doing to kind of get this parity thing right, man, you know, you and Auburn, man, y'all <laughs> y'all, y'all dominate with the you, Yeah, You and so, Kirby can't draft. You yeah, can't, so we can't so sign but two is, top 300 we're gonna, kids. We're going to yeah. help, sir. You know, we're going to help like the Alabama A&M's, <laughs> Alabama A&T's. You know, we really want to uh, help Vandy out. Yeah, we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna help those teams out to make sure you can blaze. What? <laughs> what, 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 you, what you talking about? Parity? Yeah. Well, parity means you got to start quote sharing the wealth. That's what parity really means. Like, what, what? What do you mean sharing the wealth? Well, dude, like, you've won so many championships that you think that's your normal. That is not normal for most people. So what we're gonna do is we want we want you to know what it feels like to be a Vandy. Right? Yeah. Isn't that fair? Like, no, no. Like, you should know what it feels like to be like a bottom feeder. Oh, here it is. Like, we want you to know what it feels like to be Alabama in basketball. Well, no, we uh, Christian actually looked this up, and I think uh, just because it's you know public record, because I, I, I we were kind of interested in it. We were talking about this earlier today. You know, the Nick Saban parody thing. And just the financial disparity in, in college athletics, and you're saying that, that one, there's not even close to parity there, but Nick Saban makes what ten, twelve million dollars, mm-hmm. I believe. Georgia Southern's athletic budget. Uh, we looked this up. I, uh, Georgia Southern's athletic budget was like thirty million. So Nick Saban makes roughly a third of the entire athletic budget of Georgia Southern, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about talk about parity. I mean, we're so far away from parity. I don't. I, th- I think even pseudo parity would be kind of a pipe dream. Uh, at this point, but I, I, again, I think when Nick Saban says stuff, people should listen because again, he's the face well, yeah, of college uh, of college uh, football. Uh, Look, uh, uh, but, uh-huh. but again, to go out there and say we need parity, I mean, if we want true parity, all right, Nick, and Alabama and Georgia and Clemson and all these teams, we're going to put a cap. You can't spend 
more than $80 million on your athletics. Right? I think, I think uh, uh, Alabama's athletic budget was like $170 million. I mean, think about that. I just told you Georgia Southern was like in the $30 million range. Alabama's was up like $170. Georgia's was like $150. $150 million athletic budget. We're going to cut that down to 70. We're going to cut it in half. We're going to cut it more than half. You can't spend more than 70 million, and we're going to make it so that Arkansas State and uh, you know Ole Miss and Mississippi State, Texas A&M and Georgia Southern and Georgia State can all spend 70 million on their athletics. We're also going to cap. We're going to look at all these composite rankings. You at Georgia, no school is allowed to sign more than three top 300 players. We're going to spread it around. We want it to be fair. You can only sign so many. Like, yeah. go, like five stars. Wait, you can't sign more than five. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to go to get, find some other guys. Well, or then, not, you'll be, then we'll be cheating, rating guys not, down. Not, not, but no, but anyway, I, but you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. There's no way to get true parity in college athletics. So to say, man, we really need to get back to a place of parity. When was the last time there was parity? And, and again, I'm going to probably say right around the time, and it probably wasn't great, Perry, but it was closer, right around the time that the SEC championship got created, you probably had parity. Because you could go back and you could see the Nebraskas and, you know, I think uh, Georgia Tech and Colorado split one in 1990, and you'll see some teams like that. All right, since you had the conference championship games, conference championship games spawned what? Mega TV and media deals for for conferences. Jumping to payouts. Then everybody started getting conference championship games up into payouts, and the money just went out of control. I want to say, uh, Ben, if you go back and look, and you know, I don't even know if the channel's still around when they had like ESPN uh, Classic. I don't even know if they still do. I think it's gone now. But they would show old college football games, and you would go back and you'd say, "Oh, the money is it, it, it was going to go up." I watched a Miami Florida State game from the mid '90s. The end zones were open. I don't mean there was nobody sitting in them. I mean, there was no end zone seating at the end of the stands. Now all these stadiums are enclosed and they're bowled in. I think Bobby Bowden made like a million bucks and he had already won a national championship. Can you imagine like a guy who had a national championship to his resume and you go, yeah, he's making a million dollars. I mean, there are offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators that make more than that now. Nick Saban, I just told you, his contract pays him a third of what Georgia Southern's athletic budget is. So uh, we are so far past parity uh, to me, Ben, in, in college athletics. It's ridiculous. And, I, I, and there's no way you're going back uh, at all to, uh, to have any kind of – so I don't really know when Nick Saban says he wants parity, what? I'm tired of playing Georgia for the championship? Like, what, like is that what you're saying? Like, I, I, I really don't understand. Like, we say we need to get back to parity. When was the last time – like, point to a time on the, on the you know, the, the, the time ribbon here and say that's when we really had it where, you know – Things were kind of equal, relatively, and we felt like, you know, we had 15, 20, 25 really good college football teams. Where was that? I think you're going to have to go back to, like, the early 90s, late 80s. Because after that, I, I, I don't think you can sell me on we've had parity any time soon. Certainly not in the last 10 years. Probably not in the last 15, 16 years have you really had true parity. So, I, I, I really don't understand where Nick's coming from saying we need to get back to it. And of all people to say it, the guy who's winning all the championships, by and large, is saying we need to have parity. Like, for what? Why are you saying it? Mm-hmm. Like, 
Are, is wait, you wait, say, wait, are you saying, are you the mouthpiece for all these other people no. who've been screaming for years saying, look, we can't no. compete financially and all that with what you're doing? So no. Why is he saying it? I mean, well, Kevin, because once again, it, it goes back to what I said about, you know, why does Aaron Rodgers bring, you know, any type of attention to himself, you know, away from the game because he wants people talking about him? Why does, why, you know, why does a guy like Nick Saban be, you know, you're not the voice of college football. You might be the face of it, but you're not the voice of college football because people are saying, well, because when I hear Nick Saban sound like I'm, what I would say to him is, what else do you want? Like, what are you not getting that you want? <laughs> because... The same thing that coaches. Is he bored? Uh, I'm honest. I mean, like I mean say, it could be. Like, I mean, are you looking at it saying, like, we beat pretty much. I mean, think about this. Honest to God, outside of the Iron Bowl, maybe Texas A&M and the SEC championship game, what game does Alabama get up for? I mean, maybe. No, I'm, maybe, no, no, I'm asking that. I, maybe, I'm maybe asking a, that. No, maybe, honestly, like, maybe a LSU if they're good. You've, you've beat Tennessee like 14 years in a row. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, so it's, it's like. The, the, I, you, I, I, will, I will say this, right? The thing about. The thing about it's, it's Kevin, it goes back to what I was saying. Is the national championship even as relevant as it used to be? Now, to the fans, yes. To certain, to, to onlookers of college football, yes. But is it like it used to be? No. I mean, it's almost like Nick Saban is in a 15,000-square-foot home. When he first bought it, it was just a space. There's nothing in it. He asked, he asked Mama Satan, how big you want your kitchen? <laughs> Boom. How big do you want the, entertain, the, the the theater to be? Bam. Do you want a pool? She goes, no, I want a lake. All right, we got a lake. <laughs> we ain't got a pool, right? You gotten everything you want, and I'm the and I'm the GOAT, and I make the most money. And that's just how much money Nick Saban makes with Alabama. That's not even counting what he makes from national commercials. Sure. And he's talking about, and his team is the best. <laughs> and 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 under him, every Heisman at Alabama happened under him. Ingram, uh, Derrick Henry, Bryce, and Devonta Smith, all of them. He's done it all. I want more. I'm telling people. No, I'm no, I don't think he wants I mean, it's like, I, I, but why would you say parody? Like, I, 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 I would just say this, Kevin. What would be parody to a guy? What would he know about it? <laughs> like, like seriously, like what? What does it look like to him? That's probably what it is. You're giving me something, but you ain't giving me a picture of what it looks. Because if I'm Auburn, Auburn, I'm looking at Nick Saban like, dude, what? Are yeah, you, parody what probably are you? looks a whole lot different to Oregon State than it does Alabama. An Alabama fan. We got more to come. Here it is, three and out all across. Speaking of, uh, we've been talking a lot about mini camps, Ben. You showed me a video today. I got a good chuckle out of, but again, reading too much into it. We'll get to it. A great uh, mini camp video. We'll break it down next. Three and out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here on Three and Out. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, thanks for making us a part of your day. We were talking about everybody, you know, freaking out about Desmond Ritter because he looked really good in the seven on sevens uh, for the Atlanta Falcons there at rookie mini camp. Uh, you know, we have people saying, hey, I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but getting the, getting the Russell Wilson vibes. Could have a Dak Prescott type impact as a rookie. We'll get to that. But Traylon Burke, you were laughing earlier today because you said, look, if you're going to move on from uh, an A.J. Brown, this is what you replace him with. They're running a drill. They put up video. I guess the Titans put this out there? Yeah, yeah. The Titans, yeah. Of, him, uh, of him running a drill. Well, listen, with, I mean, explain it certain, because it was like a, a pretty straightforward drill. It was a resistance drill. A lot of a lot of running backs or a lot of skill position guys do it to where they'll put a big band around you, around your waist, 
and you can only go so far. And the goal is to get you to like hold on to this ball security and this resistance. You want to touch a cone, come back, and do it again. That resistance, man, as a person who uh, broke my foot going into my second year, me and that resistance band, man, we used to have it out, man. That thing, that that thing works, man. Trust me, it works. The thing about Traylon Burks, right? He's he's all of two twenty five. He's a big receiver, and I think sometimes people forget. Look, when I'm in season, and you know, I'm used to you know always being in shape because I'm the most you know uh, I'm in the best shape of my life. That sun hit him. That Nashville sun. Ain't nothing to play with, people, as a person that had to deal with it. They showed him with his, they showed him bent over. Sucking wind. And to me, that's what you have to learn. That college is over. You were a first-round draft pick, receiver coming out of Arkansas. And let me say this. He's not replacing A.J. Brown. He had nothing to do with A.J. Brown uh, not wanting to be a Titan to try and Titan trade him. To uh, you know, to the Philadelphia Eagles, but I will say this: when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to rookie minicamp, Traylon Burks is more of a barometer of what it really is. Don't nobody smile. All this smiling and kikiing, and that's <laughs> not it. Practice is, hey, dude, I ain't never did all this stuff uh, in warm ups. I ain't never did all this stuff in individual. I'm a wide receiver. I thought I was just gonna be running around doing. No, man, we're trying to show you everything you're going to have to deal with. And listen, I'm not, I'm not coming at Traylon Burks as a person that went through Ricky Minicamp. Thank God that social media wasn't a thing like it is now. Thank God that you ain't get a chance to see me. Because that stuff lives forever. But I think what sometimes, Kevin, they got to introduce you to where you at. There is no learning curve. This is nothing but crash courses. I mean, this, this is basically how it go. You come in. It's right? a, oh, so you think you know football kind oh, of moment? Yeah, yeah. Listen, you come in, you know, you you know, you go to a you go to a team meeting, you break up to offensive meeting, a defensive meeting, you break up the individual meetings to whatever your position group is. They give you a whole bunch of stuff, and, and so you go to team meeting. All right, coach, just talking a little bit. All right, boom. Then you go to offensive meeting. I don't know what the offensive coordinator really talking about. Boom. And before you go, <laughs> then you got to go to individual meeting. You go, oh, okay, I don't really know what to do. Oh, Traylon, oh Ben, oh yeah, you talking about you? Boom. Then you leave there. You go, you go, you go. Uh. You go get taped up. It's time for practice. You know, you you, you know, you going through warm ups. Everything good. People smile. Ah, uh-huh, you got the music on. What's up, boy? Uh? And then they go. Then you hit a home. Uh, and you going to all these different places, right? <laughs> Think about this. What we saw Traylon Burks doing. That's just a drill. That has nothing to do. That's not what he has to know as a receiver. That's ball. That's ball. That's ball handling. That's you know that that that's that, that's three points of the football so that you don't lose the ball. He's sucking wind in that. <laughs> Then he got to go over there and run routes on air. Then he got to go through individual drills with the receivers. Then he got to go through team takeoff. Then he got to go through uh, uh, seven on seven. Then they got to go through uh, some team stuff. Then, and all you hear is horn, bump. And what happens is at the end, you go, Traylon, how you feel about the day? You know, uh, I really don't know what the hell's going on. Like, if, I, if, if I'm just being honest, like, I, because Kevin, I, now listen, is Traylon Burks an incredible talent? Yes. I mean, what Traylon Burks did at Arkansas is incredible. I mean, the Titans are actually in a very, very blessed position to be able to have a guy like Traylon Burks who's really, really similar, similar build, similar game, than a guy like A.J. Brown. And plus, A.J. Brown is a $100 million receiver right now. I think what people have to understand about minicamps is 
We are trying to see how much information we can give you and how much you can apply on the field. We are trying to put you in a position to see how you respond. Do we expect you to remember everything? No. Do we expect you to be able to take coaching? Yes. Are we going to yell at you all the time? Yeah. There was two tight ends back in 2004. It was me, right, and Sean McHugh out of Penn State. They kept running two tight ends. <laughs> I'm like, stop running two tight ends. One play, they said, give me two tight. And I told the invisible tight end to go in. Man, go in, man. I ain't, <laughs> I ain't going this play. Too tight. True, where you at? Right? They said twins. They said twins right tight. Uh, we are the twins. The tight end is the strength of the of the of any uh uh formation. Twins right. That's me. You and me, we twins, Sean. <laughs> tight. That means I'm up tight. You left. I am the you. You got the Y tight end with hand on the ground. You got the U tight end. I'm the U. I'm the move tight end. Twins right tight. You left. It was it was like it was like fake 36. You under. Well, I'm the under. What did I do? <laughs> I I toured that thing. I went out there and ran a running play and got yelled at. And when they asked me, what do you got on you under? I was going up for the safety. What? All I'm saying is, Kevin, listen, don't take it personal, Rooks. Don't don't let what it said to you get to you. Everybody went through it. You're not going to be an all-pro pro bowler, uh, you know, that caliber player from day one. They trying to see how much you can absorb. And when you go – to me, be quiet on it, did I uh, – yeah, I took I took my playbook to the, to the hotel like everybody else. <laughs> Looked at a couple of plays. <laughs> You know, like it's you know, look at the coast one or two, and that's it. I mean, so I will say, Kevin. I mean, I think we get too caught up in the you know, look at Desmond Ritter smiling and that go London Drake and cheesing. That is not it. Drake London. You keep calling him London Drake I'm for sorry. some reason. L- listen, listen, Drake. L- uh, listen, listen, listen. London Drake. Drake might London. be a receiver somewhere. Drake London. I apologize, Mister Drake London. I apologize, but I, I think that the thing about Traylon Burks is one play, one time he didn't really, so he don't realize he don't care at first. Because when he bent over, he don't realize. And then he did a drill and kind of looked to the right and was like, you got the camera on me, dude? Like, yeah, like, is you? Because, Kevin, at the end of the day, right? Oh, they're going to have it on him every rep. I mean, if you're every, a high draft pick, I mean, again, Desmond Raiders and Drake London are going to get the most camera time yeah. of the Falcons rookies in, in rookie minicamp and probably a lot of it when everybody else shows up. Oh, yeah, up. yeah, yeah. You so, want to know. Like, if you, I was a second-round pick when I was still the top draft of Ricky out of 14 rookies back in 2004. So, everybody want to see who's this, quote, hot shot Ricky, new money as they call you, things of that nature. But it's how much can you handle? The coaches want to see how much you can handle. I had Coach George Henshaw my first two years. George Henshaw loved two things, three things. Coaching, West Virginia, Florida State, Right? He told me about John Denver and West, West Virginia. Oh, John Denver. I know. And he loves he, Florida Would he State. sing John Denver to you? I mean, he'll be like, he'll say, he'll say, Ben, I'm trying to tell you. Well, John Denver, he said, when John Denver went up there to West Virginia, man, he said that country road, he said, you just had to be there. I said, well, guess what? <laughs> I'm not going to be there. But I, I, I think, I think too, I appreciated George Henshaw when it was all said and done because I it took me a little while to realize the method of his madness. And, hey, Traylon Burks, you ain't the first, man. Listen, that Nashville heat is ugly. Now, that's that Central Time heat. <laughs> that, ain't that, that ain't that Eastern Time heat. It ain't. Is but, it is it hotter in the Eastern Time Zone than the Central Time Zone? I'm just wondering. I'm not saying. Like, 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 let's say you were in, you know, Knoxville. Is it hotter in Knoxville than it is in Nashville? I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say it's hotter, Kevin. But it's the problem, though. <laughs> See, your hot, my hot is different because you you deal with the heat like this, man. Kind of hot out here today when you're going to get in your car. 
I have to look outside the window and look at the sun rays coming off the ground. And the coach go, what you doing? Yeah, get on out there. I'm just going to take a couple more minutes before I really get out there. So all I'm saying is, people, trailing. Make sure you have you. a cool rag with trailing, you. Man. Yeah, trailing, rooting for you, man. It, it, better days are on the horizon. That's not what right you want now, the first – obviously, praise like, and here he is after running a three-cone drill with some resistance bands. And, oh, well, this is the thing, too, right? I will say this. Shout out to the Nashville media when I was up there. They're very accommodating. Like, they – like they ask you questions according to where you are. They don't. They don't give you them. They don't. Now, once they know you know how to answer questions, they'll come at you. But when you're a rookie, they won't say you know you look bad out there today. They'll say something like, "Hey, Traylon, or "Hey, Ben, yeah, man, he kind of different out there." <laughs> yeah, yeah, you seen it? You know what I'm saying? Kinda got like, to you. You know, but at, but at, but at the same time, that's what you want. Like nobody, nobody, nobody's career was was you know was decided in the first day they ever took it. I'm pretty sure. Even Tom Brady probably looked like a rookie at one point. That didn't last long, but yeah, Traylon, don't 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 be too don't get too high and too low. Because at the end of the day, you getting paid now, buddy. They paying you. So yeah. anybody got something to say? Say meet me at the bank because I got to go get me a new way. And we got more to come here on Three and Out all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here on Three and Out this Monday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, hit us up on Twitter at Pigskin Radio. We are streaming live at ESPN. Coastal.com. You can also uh, catch the show live on Facebook and Twitter uh, as well each and every day. So just more ways for you to catch three and out each and every day, wherever you may be on your phone, your tablet, at the office, wherever you may be. And, of course, all across uh, the radio network as well. We've got a lot to get to coming up in the final hour of the program. We'll look at the Falcons rookie minicamp. A lot of absurd hype coming off of uh, Desmond Ritter after a very little workout there as well. So we'll get to that. But did want to give a uh, shout-out, Ben. Carter Holton, former BC cadet, now with Vanderbilt, got freshman of the week in the SEC. I think it was last week. Yeah. This week, he gets pitcher of the week. Not freshman of the week, pitcher of the week in the SEC. Seven innings, two-hit baseball, five strikeouts at number four, Arkansas. There for the, uh, the Vanderbilt freshman. So congratulations to him. Really having a heck of a season uh, there in his freshman campaign for Vanderbilt. And those uh, those Vandy boys, as they call them, man, you look around. Max uh, Was Max Fried one of them? Uh, or, char- or I know one of the Braves. I'm trying, I probably got it confused all of a sudden. But uh, I think uh, was it Kyle? It was yeah. Kyle Wright was a uh, was a Vanderbilt guy. Dan- Dansby, a Vanderbilt uh, mm-hmm. a guy as well. So I mean, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, right? Shout out to the young man as well. You know, being a dignity cadet. I mean, finding a way to get it done. Because because Kevin, I mean, make no mistake about it, man. If you want the premier pitches in the country, you go to Vandy these days. So what yeah. Vandy? What Vandy lacks in football? They definitely more to make up in <laughs> basketball. I mean, you got to get a little ball. dig in there. Well, hey, what you don't do but, but on the, the other side. Right? It, now it's becoming that, hey, man, you go into Vanderbilt for baseball and you a pitcher. Hey, man, because uh, I want to say uh, Price was Price. Uh, yeah, David Price was. Price, uh, number one overall pick. Jack, Jack Leiter, uh, who uh, was a high draft pick last year for Vanderbilt. Uh, Kumar Rocker, who got drafted high, did not sign with the Mets, has a chance to get drafted again this summer, but also out of Vanderbilt. So, I mean, there's going to be Vandy guys all over the place. And again, that's his second award in as many weeks and really starting to pick up steam as they get late in the season. You get wins on the road in the SEC. You're talking about a bunch of teams that could be playing in the yeah. college uh, baseball playoffs here in a week or so. Final hour next. Final hour of the show. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop. Glad you're making us a part of your day. 912-342-7184. 912-342-7184. Your number to join us here on the show. You can also uh, drop us a line on Facebook or Twitter at Pigskin Radio there on Twitter. You can watch the show on Facebook and Twitter uh, as well. So good to have you here on the show. Braves and Brewers coming up later tonight, starting off a three-game series. Ian Anderson against Freddie Peralta. We'll have that for you, 625. 
uh, this evening. But, uh, Ben, uh, you and I were joking earlier in the show, the overhype coming out of rookie camp for the Atlanta Falcons. Obviously, you're in the post-Matt Ryan era, so fans are going to want to cling to the next guy. And I don't think anybody's saying, you know, Marcus Mariota is the franchise guy. He could be that guy. But, obviously, as you said about a number of guys, look, they are fighting to keep their NFL lives, their careers going. They need a good showing. He's on a two-year deal. Everybody kind of understands what the deal is. It could be Desmond Ritter. It could be somebody else. It is not going to be Marcus Mariota. But they had rookie mini camp over the weekend and on Friday, and you get out there and you start reading some of the reaction, and even from blue checkmark folks out there on social media saying, Man, I don't know what it is, man, but Desmond Ritter giving me those 2012 Russell Wilson vibes. We saw one fan tweet like, I feel like Dak Prescott kind of impact as a rookie. And I'm like, fellas and people or whoever is, is, uh, is, is tweeting. I didn't, I didn't see their, their face, but look, it's a few practices against air running, essentially drills, right, and basic route combinations, things of that nature. Why, why do we... Why do we not let some of this stuff play out? Like, again, I get people want to project. But you haven't even had a full team practice yet. Like, Desmond Ritter was not throwing against seasoned NFL vets. Desmond Ritter was not trying to make reads against A.J. Terrell. Desmond Ritter was not trying to see if his offensive line, you know, could keep him from getting killed. And we're going to say he looks like Russell Wilson in 2012? Like, can, can we calm down a minute? I mean, seriously, Ben. What is wrong with you? I, I know you. that is one thing you have been staunch. You talk about it a lot off the show. you like, you hate when somebody says, this guy looks like this guy or reminds me of this guy because it's not fair. But it's like, he's a third-round pick. I get it. There, there could be some logical, you know, assumptions maybe there with, you know, Russell Wilson. But he's been through one rookie minicamp. Can, can we stop with the he looks like Russell Wilson? It could have Dak Prescott-type impact. He's not going to start. Right, Ben, he would have to have one of the greatest rookie camps, training camps, preseasons that anybody in Falcons history has had for a third-round pick to walk in there and start over a seasoned vet right now with this roster. Why are we trying to say he's Russell Wilson? You already got people say, oh, it shouldn't take him, but a couple of, you know, by midseason, if he's not the starter, I'll be surprised. I will be. I'll be surprised. Why do we do this? Why do we do this to guys? Oh, Drake London's going to make Pro Bowls. Why? Because he was running against nobody? He was running out routes against nobody? I, look, I, I understand Falcons fans are looking for a reason to be hopeful. But what are we doing? What are we doing? Desmond Ritter, great college quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's going to be the starter midway through? Like, nobody had that. Like, like, listen to it. Like, nobody had that kind of hype coming into the draft. Right? We had solid quarterbacks. Nobody had that RG3, Andrew Luck. Kind of hype. Marcus Mariota was the what number two pick in the whole draft. Has he lived up to it? No, he was still the number two pick in the whole draft. Desmond Ritter, third round pick. Can we calm down, Ben? Please, nope. please. Nope. nope, no, no, we have to. Like, this is going to be a long preseason for the Falcons. If every time Desmond Ritter comes out there and looks nice, it's I think this guy's going to be our you know Russell Wilson. And we got to stop. We got to stop. This 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 is the this is the this is two effects. This is the we just looking for the next Matt Ryan effect, and Matt Ryan is going to affect. As you mentioned, Kevin, you know all those names you you know you mentioned, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott. Why can't he just remind you of Matty Ice? 
Hey, man, we got rid of Matty Ice, man. We, we got this young man that's going to bring like a Matty Ice type vibe to him. He got legs to go along with a big arm. They're giving him a receiver to go along in the same draft with him, with Drake London. He he, he has he has that moxie about him. I can see why he helped, you know, a team like Cincinnati go to the college football playoff. I can see how he helped a team like Cincinnati, you know, go head-to-head with teams like Alabama and SEC, the two, 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 two of at least, you know, two of the four premier teams, uh, you know, in college football. No. He's kind of looking at Russell Wilson's 2020-12-ish. What? Dak Prescott. What? Let me tell y'all something. It's hard to make a name for yourself in any business. Any business. Right? Any business. Who doesn't know who Dak Prescott is? There are people who know who Dak Prescott is strictly because he's a starting quarterback for, for, for the Dallas Cowboys. He don't, they, don't, they ain't even seen him play. Russell Wilson. Come on, I, I, yeah, no, like, I know. Like, uh, like, 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 I, this, this is the thing, right, Kevin? We listen, listen. I mean, uh, uh, Miguel Cabrera. I was blessed enough to meet Miguel Cabrera. Him, his kid plays soccer. My kid plays soccer. His kid plays goalie. My kid was playing goalie that day. I didn't even know he was there. My <laughs> kid's uh, head coach told me, "Hey, that go to man, Miguel Cabrera." Now, that is Miguel Cabrera. Was Miguel Cabrera kid real big out there? Yep, because his daddy's big. Right? <laughs> no one said, boy, that kid reminds me a lot of his dad playing soccer. <laughs> no. I, I think that's the easy thing to do. Right? Like, like, listen, I, and I know I'm speaking to the fans, but let's not make the easy comparisons. Oh, my God. That dude reminds me of 2012 Russell <laughs> I, I, I mean, I mean. Now, I, listen. I don't think it's coming from a mean place. Let me let no. Me go ahead but I mean, like, why do we got to do that, Kevin? This is the world we live in now, right? Everything can't just be do. I, I kind of listen. I like the way he was going through his, uh, you know, progressions. I like the way he was going through, uh, you know, uh, his first read, second read, third read. I really like his touch on the ball. Looks like Russ. Looks like that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, because in a sense, Kevin, think about this. It's almost like this. We all, you know, just happen. You know, we, you know. We we know we know people that cover the you know cover the uh, cover the five. We just say we just happen to be up there, and we go. Hey, De- hey Desmond, uh, being true by ESPN uh, ESPN Coastal. Look, man, a lot of comparisons to Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott coming out of your first ever rookie mini camp. Man, how does it feel? He's like this. What? Now think about this. He has to process what I just said in his mind. Go through go through all, go go through a whole bunch of what the hell is this dude talking about? And he got to answer me. I think what happens is this. When people start talking about noise and pressure and all this stuff, we create it. Like, we create that stuff. This man is replacing the man. At a, at a certain point, he's going to – I don't know when. I'm like you, Kevin. I hope, it's, I hope it's at least a year from now. He's replacing Matty Ice. We forget Matty Ice had to replace Michael Vick. That stuff is hard. So before I can even make a name for myself, I got to replace the first guy first. So forget me. Forget my name first. I'm in the shadow of Mike Vick. All right, that's over with. Matty Ice is gone. Not Desmond Ritter. Desmond. Yeah, people forget like Matt Ryan had like a decade of four thousand plus yard throwing seasons. And, and, like, and and he was the quickest season. to like forty thousand yeah, yards. It was just, an MVP. Yeah, I, I think I think I think when it, when we when we think about sensationalized media or clickbait, Kevin, it starts off with oh man, like how them rookies look. Yeah, it look good. How you feel about Desmond Ritter? Somebody goes, oh man, he looked good. <laughs> I like what he did. Man, kind of kind of. Kind of reminds you of Russell, Russell <laughs> Wilson in 2012, right? You go, what? And then he just keeps going. Like the person who starts a conversation with the Russ, he keeps going until yeah. the other person says, nah, man, to me he kind of looks like Dak. Yeah. 
Could Dak, have that Pre- Dak Prescott impact. Like, hey, think about this like, for a second. Think about this. If I said, what's up, Desmond, people don't know who I'm talking to. If I go, what's up, Dak? Everybody knows who <laughs> Dak Prescott is. He's a one-name superstar. Listen, Desmond, there's nothing you can do about it. Welcome to the National Football League. Welcome to – what? because, see, Kevin, this is what it really is. What the fans are really saying is, I don't care what Arthur Smith said. I don't care what Terry Fontenot said or Arthur Blank said. We want to win. So if we got to if I got to make you something in my mind that you might not be in reality, well, that's called being a fanatic. I'm gonna say he looked. Listen, he looked like today he looked like Dak, and and, and the, the day before that he looked like Russ. And and if he starts scrambling, he gonna look like Lamar. <laughs> and, and, and we start saying to ourselves, no, he's dead. No, my favorite. No, no, my yeah, my favorite ones is when you like try to give somebody that compliment, and he's like, you probably shouldn't do it, and it's, and you'll come because Ben, you know, it'll be like that. It'll be like. Kind of a poor man, Lamar Jackson. It's like, no, don't say stuff like, you know what I mean? Like, don't say stuff like that. Uh, again, I just look at it and say, look, he is going to fight an uphill battle to get on the field this year. I, I truly believe that. Not that he can't be good, but you have a seasoned vet that you may or may not like, but you have a seasoned vet that's on the field in front of him. Why are we out here saying he's going to be like Russell Wilson 2012? With this roster? Like, I'm sorry, Ben, but Russell Wilson 2012 had a better team around than then uh, Marcus Mariota or Desmond Ritter will have if they get on the field in, in 2020. I, I just look at, you know, you, you watch tape and guys are at practice and and they're covering the, the rookie minicamp and you're watching guys excel against air. And I, I will I will say, I've heard you say this, Ben, I heard, uh, you know, Matt Osborne, when he was on the show with us, had talked about that. He said, well, if you look bad against air, what are you going to look like when there's somebody out there on the other? It's like, you better look like an all-pro against air. You're a pro quarterback, right? You better have you know passes on time. Nobody's trying to knock them away. Nobody's trying to rip your head off. So I don't see why we get to these leaps. I get you're trying to make yourself feel better about it. He could be the guy. But but I but, but again, let's not make him out to be like rookie of the year, yep. offensive production yep. numbers. Like, like that's, I, I, look, if that's not going to happen. Marcus Mariota is going to be the quarterback. Like, I don't care how good he looks in the preseason. Marcus Mariota is going to be the quarterback. And for all of you, like, oh, it shouldn't be that big of a hurdle. To... So disrespectful, right? Marcus Mariota, is he living up the number two? No. Is he a bust? He's still in the league. And to think a rookie's going to come in here, he's like, oh, it shouldn't take more than two, three games, and he's going to beat Mariota out. It's like, <laughs> I like, I, I've been, and you're laughing. You've been in the league. Yeah. I understand, like, you don't walk in. It's one thing to say you did it as a wide receiver. It's another thing to even say maybe you did it as a corner. Where primarily your, comp, your, 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 your focus is guy in front of me, and if I don't have guy in front of me, who's backing me up and where am I going? The quarterback literally has to know everything. And people think guys just walk in and get it. Like the best up, Peyton Manning, most rookie record for picks. And that was the biggest film nerd maybe in the history of the sport. Right? And, and, and he's, he struggled to make that leap. So, I, I, again, stop with the Russ. Stop with the Dak. Stop with any of that stuff and just let him go out there. But let's wait until he actually yeah. you know, has a team scrimmage where yeah. somebody's trying to stop him yeah. from doing what he's doing before we're like, oh, man, I'm feeling those vibes. It's like, yep. He's and again, you watch tape. I will admit, you watch. Sorry, you will watch tape different than most people. You watch the Drake London routes. You watch the Desmond Ritter tape. And for the layperson, yeah, it looks good. It looks crisp. It's also a promo video. And, and they're not going to show you the drops, but I mean, and and the, you know, but think about this, okay? No, 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 no. This is the thing, right? 
let's just call let's just call what things are supposed to be. If I am on the Atlanta Falcons, you know, film team, they better look good when I'm giving it to the public. <laughs> yeah. like if, I, if I go, well, here's some snippets from practice oh, today. Oh, yeah. come on, oh, Drake no, London dropped no, three balls, like a, but nobody no, on him. When's the last time you did a highlight tape? No, that would be like, I don't know, you're getting married. <laughs> and then you got somebody to film the thing. And everything you see is, oh, man, why you got to win the cake fit? Because it's, like it's like the goal is to make us look good to the viewing public. Yeah. Right? So And they, and they doing that. But Franzuk, my, my, my coach I had my last two years of college, right, he's always talking about, like, just, just – just withstanding the onslaught, and he means like media, and like he says, the biggest thing that will kill a player more than anything else is not criticism; it is praise. That's what'll kill them, cause they really, really start believing that stuff. And I never, I said, well, dude, it's not really that bad. He goes, well, yes, it is, because you don't need it. You need criticism or feedback, whatever you want to call it, but. Look at what happens to certain players when they no longer get the cheers anymore. They start, uh, like they start tripping. As if to say, I don't control what the fans do. Yeah, but you don't need the praise. You want the cr- criticism makes it so that you, whatever level of humility you have, you keep that. But if you start saying, man, you know how good I am? What? You know how? And I'm not saying, I'm not saying no. that for a guy like, I'm not saying that's what Desmond Ritter doing, but I think what happens is, Kevin, it's almost like this. Desmond Ritter put on a helmet and a jersey. Couple of days in Flowery Branch, and look at all this. Like, like we have lost <laughs> our mind. And I think what people have to understand about being a pro is a pro is how I deal with adversity, how I deal with criticism. Keep showing up every day, putting my best foot forward. Because the hardest thing to be is to be a better teammate than I am a player. That is the hardest thing. I'd rather be a better teammate than I am a player. Which means the world's gonna make Desmond. It, it goes from. When Matty Iceberg got drafted, it's the Atlanta Falcons. Then it's Matt Ryan and the Falcons. So they'll so yeah, oh yeah, yeah. and the Saints. And mind you, that's not their fault, but they earned that distinction. They earned that distinction. I think with Desmond Ritter, this is listen, we are very, very, very much deep into the social media world. And narcissism is running rampant. <laughs> Everybody has an opinion, myself included. But I'm the one that get to say, hey, listen. <laughs> like when I say Desmond, listen. Yeah. If you want to follow Atlanta Twitter, that's on you. Because just know, for everyone that's giving you praise, you because the praise ain't what it used to. He's like, man, they, as soon as he say, man, they say I look like that. What did you just say? <laughs> that's what they said. <laughs> Don't start that. No, Don't yeah, start look, that. And, and again, I, I, I'm, I'm not saying you won't be that, but again, I, I have hopeful optimism for Desmond Ritter. But when you start dropping the Russell Wilsons and, and all that, like everybody wants a comp, it's like people don't, expect people to be able to make a judgment with their own two eyeballs and say he's like oh i gotta tell him he looks like russ otherwise we might not know if he's good or not like let's let some of that play out you did get to watch some of the tape uh ben that was out there we did see desmond rear throwing we did see drake london going through routes anything stand out just in basic kind of drills that you you look at because i know people question is drake london a lid lifter on the defense is he a guy that can separate does Mm -hmm. he run clean enough routes and does he just get by on athleticism and wingspan. What do you kind of see when you watch some of those? When I say Drake London, I see a guy that's going to have to get used to playing, being big but playing small. When you're that tall, you know, you want to run upright. Like like um, 
Dickerson, Eric Dickerson, when he was in the National Football League, a lot of people used to say the reason why his career came to an end, he started running his height. When he had tall, you can't come up through the hole and just give the give your chest, you know, to these defenders. The thing about Drake London is he's gonna have to play different than what he is. Now, play big when you need to be, but most of the time, look, I wanna I wanna see him really instead of if he got to run a 14-yard comeback, I don't want to see him stretching for from yard 13 to 14. I don't want to see him more jumping into it, running to it, drop your hips, come out. Because the thing about Drake London is just like a – oh, I hate to say it. <laughs> just like a Julio Jones. No, no, don't do I'm not comparing him. Julio, what made Julio Julio was he was explosive. So Julio was so fast, but he could run routes. Like Julio wasn't just – but it's the thing. Julio got to learn the game from Roddy, right? Roddy got better because of Matty Ice. Because Roddy was there when, when Mike Vick was there. The thing about Drake London is, Drake London can't really learn the game until Brian Edwards gets there. Brian Edwards is only going in the year three, so he only been in the league two years. And all the tape, because tall receivers have to learn, now listen, man, tall means nothing if you can't utilize it. But you can't play, you got to run routes like a, like a, like a, like a shorter receiver. You got to come out of them breaks. But I will say this. It comes with it, Kevin. You, the, you, the, you, were the, you was the eighth overall pick. You was the first receiver taken out of five receivers. So you Show why you were, you were taken where you were taken. Show why a team could have took anybody at eight for Atlanta. They took you. And that's what comes with it. So, I mean, but I like what I see. Like I said, it, it, it's really, really hard to judge it because everything looks good. I mean, they got the camera so close to their face. I'm like, is the cameraman right there? Like, listen, I'm. Did he have to pull the camera back? Look, all I can say is life is rough when you when you a camera guy now, Mark. I mean, when you a guy that got to show it to the public, because the, whoever whoever the whoever over the saying, coach said he ain't like that last one. When you, <laughs> what? So hey, all is all this all is fair, Kevin. When you talking about making them look good, but when those but we'll get we'll kind of get to get a real assessment. I'm gonna have to check out. You know, I'm gonna have to call you know D. Orlando. You know, on those guys, or Brandon Leak and those guys to see what's really going on because they gonna keep it a buck. <laughs> we got more to come here. Speaking of somebody who trying to keep it a buck. But maybe looking to work with Buck, is he or is he coming back to the uh, the National Football League? We'll break it down next. It's three and out. Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here. Three and out on this Monday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop. Glad you are with us, Drew Brees, man. Maybe I'll go back into the league after uh, losing the uh, the football gig there. What on uh, on on NBC? But Ben, you were, you and I were talking about this before the show, where I said, look. Would I take Drew Brees back in his 40s, a year out of the game, to run my football team? And you said, would you take Drew Locke or Drew Brees? And I said, honestly, I don't know if Seattle's winning any more games with either one of them. Because I think people just assume that everybody's Tom Brady. And I get Matt Ryan wants to play till he's 40 and Drew Brees uh, getting there, Peyton Manning got up there, and Peyton Manning was obviously a, a shell of himself there towards the end, and he kind of, uh, with a fantastic defense, got all the way there. But, ben, I mean, a lot of people say he was just, you know, goofing around in jest, but how much does one year at that level, one year away from the game at quarterback affect things? Because I, I, I said this, and you might think I'm crazy. If Tom Brady retires and doesn't play this year, and wants to come back in 2023, I don't know that I want Tom Brady. One year away from the game, one year out of the practice, one year out of the throws, one year out of getting hit. One year, 
Like, how much of a difference does that make? Am I crazy? Like, to say, like, hey, he's the goat of goats. But you take a year off from And I said this. The only person I've really even seen kind of do it was Michael Vick. Obviously, he had <laughs> other circumstances. And he was out of the game two years, still got back to the league, but obviously was a shell of what he was in his previous stint in the National Football League. Still was able to get it back and start, but wasn't the same type of player, wasn't as effective uh, of a football player as he was prior to, uh, to, to going to jail. Am I crazy here? Like, obviously, Drew, I think Drew Brees is just kidding. Like, hey, he just got basically fired. It's like, hey, I might come back. I might go fishing. I might go on a trip. I might come back and play football. Ah, you know, would you take Drew Brees if he came back right now a year out of football? Yeah, yes. Because I think I think sometimes, Kevin, we— You think he would be effective? Yes, I do. I think, I think, uh, the thing about it, the thing, the thing about a, uh, a wise vet, a crafty vet, a savvy vet, Sometimes, Kevin, you ain't necessarily... Are all vets wise? No. <laughs> I was no. like, everybody says that. A savvy, nah, wise vet. But, like, but, come but on. I think, I think it's, it's, it's kind of it's, it's the opposite of what Ryan Tannehill said about Malik Willis. Sometimes you're bringing a guy in that has credibility on the wall that's going to that's gonna have respect from everybody in the organization, top to bottom, from owner to GM to president to head coach to assistant coaches, strength coaches, and so on and so forth. Sometimes you bring in a guy like Drew Brees and say, hey, man, you are coming in to show our, our team what it takes to be a consistent winner. Doesn't mean we're going to consistently win. But I look at how he galvanized. The New Orleans Saints, take nothing away from Archie Manning, the New Orleans Saints culture was built through a guy by the name of Drew Brees. So much so that, Kevin, people forget, Drew Brees, Drew Brees is not from Louisiana. Drew Brees was a boilermaker. Drew Brees did not spend his whole career in, uh, in, in New Orleans. He started out in San Diego. But that's how much he meant to that team. That's why most people who either root for the Saints or think the Saints can win is because of what Drew, built, be, Drew, Drew Brees built. So now when I'm thinking about a Drew Brees, Kevin, you bringing him in for more than, just, you know, more than just wins and losses. Certain teams don't know what it's like to have a person to help them win. To show you what I mean, uh, Kurt Warner. People remember Kurt Warner for what he did with the then St. Louis Rams in 99, right? This is the same Kurt Warner who was in, um, he was in uh, uh, New York with the New York Football Giants in 2004 when a one Eli Manning got drafted. He's the one that told Tom Coughlin he's ready. See, people forget this is the same Kurt Warner, right, who went to Arizona, who took them to a Super Bowl. Who helped? They won Matt Leinart. He showed him how to do it. See, I think people forget. Just because I can play football don't, know, don't mean I know how to play it in the league. That's different. Quarterback is a harder position to play in sports outside of being a pitcher. It's the hardest thing to do. So I think with Drew Brees, it's that. It's like Kevin. Think about this. If the Braves, if 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 Chipper Jones wanted to be, you know. A, a, a hitting coach for Atlanta. You think they're going to tell him no? Of course these guys know how to hit. That's Chipper Jones. <laughs> that, that, that's what I think the effect is. I think it's more or less his effect and his influence. So we'll, we'll see We'll see what happens. But, yeah, man, I would bring Drew. Because at the end of the day, Kevin, we were talking about the, we were talking about the cliff known as being the 16 and, or, or, or ranked number 17, the, the second half, the second-tier quarterbacks. There's a lot of them. Yeah. It's a lot of them. So I'm listen, at the end of the day, it's like them, it's like it's like Moneyball. David Justice. Nah, man, I'm not paying you. I'm paying you for the I'm paying you for the player you are that you that you are left. What you got left. 
I don't know how much Drew Brees has left in the tank, and I don't think, and he's already a first ballot Hall of Famer. But I think sometimes he wants to give a little more. I don't. I'm not a Drew Brees head. I mean, the man. I mean, Tom Brady spent two months, two months with his kids. He came back to football. <laughs> Drew Brees spent a year away in the booth, and he's ready to come back. Certain guys, it's just him to do it. I don't know how effective he would be when he was coming back, but I think if Drew Brees can help a franchise at least come out of the dark ages, because sometimes Kevin, it's taking. But he's not coming back to do that. No, he, he's not. He's like not. if you're not, I'm not saying. He's He's coming back. And I was like, when you say, like, it's one thing to kind of joke around. You're like, hey, maybe I'll come back and play football. Like, honestly, how many teams would Drew Brees come out of retirement for to play? Three, four? Right? I mean, you're not coming out of retirement to say, I'll play for Atlanta. Yeah. And I don't even, like I said, I think a year off away from the game, I don't know how effective you would be at that age. Well, and I'm I, not saying, I, well, and I speak that as I think Drew Brees and I are about – the same age. Yeah. How, how old is Drew Brees? I want to say Drew Brees is going to be 43. Oh, old man. 44. Old man. So, we're but, right but, there. But I will say this, Kevin. This is the thing, right? This is the thing, right? Drew Brees, um, there are certain people to me, they mastered the way they played the game of football at quarterback. Peyton Manning. Obviously, Tom Brady. Drew Brees is up there, man. Like, like when Drew, but, but I think the thing about him, this is the thing, right? Drew Brees walked away on his own terms. It was the, it was the oh, man, the Drew Brees. Drew Brees wants football to retire him. And I say that to say, <laughs> to be able to think about it, Kevin, when, when Peyton Manning left, he couldn't push the ball down the field anymore. Like, he couldn't do it. And it was like, oh, my God. You know, and I think that Drew Brees don't feel as though the game has passed him by. Sometimes he got to go out there and realize, dude, it's passed you by, man. When Warren Sapp said, boy, I knew my time was up when he said, he said, look, I'm playing Green Bay. I'm with, I'm with, uh, I'm with the Raiders. He said, and I knew it. He said, I done seen him do it a hundred times. He finna do that play action pass, and I go, ooh, I know this play. He said, I'm finna come off this. He said, I'm holding this guard, and I'm finna come off and make this sack. He said, that guard grabbed me, and he said, and I couldn't get off. I'm like, that guard was like, nope. I, no, every move I had, and this ain't an all-pro guard. This ain't a future Hall of Famer. This is a guy that has on green bay green and yellow. <laughs> and he said he knew. I think Kevin with Drew Brees, Drew Brees knows that somebody's going to give him an opportunity. If he wants to. I, but, but, I think but, it could have been I a jest. I, mean, I will say this. Drew Brees wasn't pushing the ball down the field like he was like, – like, like what we see as individuals – it's not what's actually being being you know given to the public to the viewing public in the product. But hey, man, somebody gonna give him an opportunity. It might, hey, and it might be, it might be New Orleans when it's all because of what they got. They got Jameis. They got Taysom. They got rid of Trevor Simeon. I mean, they ain't finna get that old thing back. I know that. <laughs> but hey, man, Dennis Allen, man, he might we'll have see. to give him a world. He said they haven't talked to him, but uh, we'll see if Drew Brees actually wants to come back and play football. We've got more to come here on three now, and what could be. Maybe the greatest diss I've ever heard in the history of sports, Ben. We'll talk about it next. Three and Out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you here. Three and Out on this Monday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, Braves and Brewers coming up in just a little bit. And again, Ben, I know amongst players, there's things people say sometimes that, you know, good-natured ribbing. But I think we may have heard maybe one of the best disses ever. Patrick Beverly was on uh, ESPN earlier, and somebody was asking him about Chris Paul in a tough 2-0 lead in the series. Suns blow it. They get blasted by, what, I think 37 last night, and they're done. Right. And Chris and, and Chris Paul goes, or not Chris Paul, uh, Patrick, Patrick Beverly Beverly. goes, yeah, Chris Paul, uh, you know, this is a guy that Chris Paul might be in the line for, like, Hall of Fame, even though he doesn't have, like, 
Yeah, Chris Paul, man, he's like a cone. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah, cone, you make your move and go around him. I was like, you're going to call, like, call somebody a cone. Like, that That might be one of the best ones I've ever heard to describe somebody else. And you did it against a guy that, while he may not have been, been ever viewed as, like, the nut, the best one or two, he's been, you know, top four or five point guard throughout his career, even though he hasn't had the postseason, you know, end-all, be-all success. Is that the best this you've heard is like, hey man, that guy's a cone. It is. Like you probably had some cones oh, in the NFL. Yeah. Oh, like, hey, yeah. you make your move. I mean, you've heard Jags like just another guy, look like Tarzan, play like Jane. I've never heard cone. Though. Uh, you know, I mean, he's a rude. I, the, 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 the thing about it is too, right? This is the thing, right? This is why you love Patrick Beverly. Pa- Patrick Beverly, he's honest, man. Like, like he he ain't. And didn't they and get the, put out by Chris they Paul? Did, and all this, they like, did. Those, I, don't, I don't even listen. Sometimes the road cone pushes people, you out. This right. thing, right? There are certain people that when they make a, you know, when they when they making like a little jab at you, they going out of their way to do it. I don't even, I don't even think Patrick Beverly mean it as a diss. To, now it is. <laughs> let, let me say that it is. Let me let me not let me let me preview. It is. But we, it's how he said it. He said, you know what he is? He's a cone. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and, and, then, and the host of the show's like, yeah, what? Like, 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 like J.J. Reddick and Stephen A. and Molly, they're like, what you mean? You know what a cone does? You know, we make a move on it, it don't do nothing. <laughs> because this is the thing about CP3, right? This is what he was saying. He was trying to make a reference. He was trying to say, CP3 is a liability on defense. He doesn't, he doesn't stop anybody. Now, is CP3 going to be a Hall of Famer one day? Yes, is he an incredible player? Yeah. But ain't nobody ever said CP3 locked him down. So what? So what? So, and Patrick Beverly is known for what? Being an antagonist, being a great defender, right? Being a great floor general, right? Being like the hardest soul of the team. Patrick Beverly, like I don't like CP3. He don't like. Matter of fact, he don't like me. But he is a cone, <laughs> and you don't got the like. Like when you think about it, Kevin, it I, is a great analogy. Like he goes, it is. But it's like I just never heard anybody use that describe. Right? This, this, no, this is what it really is. It's not so much. It's not so. It's not so much somebody's being called a cone. It's who's saying it and who he's saying it about. Because that's a great analogy. If you ain't using that, you boy, you ain't nothing but a cone. You don't do nothing defensively. And now you make cones. your move and just go it's, right it's, around. There's a lot of cones in the, in the NBA now. There's a lot of people <laughs> don't do nothing defensively. But I think the reason what Patrick Beverly was doing, number one, y'all y'all networks, man, y'all need to sign Patrick Beverly up ASAP. Because I think in the world of you know PC and Saying everything to try to not ruffle no feather. Patrick Beverly go, I don't, I don't care. Because Pat Bev is like this. I'm going to have to play him regardless, right? They're going to have to see me regardless. I'm not even there to score. So whatever I give you scoring the rock is a bonus. I'm there to get assists. I'm there to get rebounds. I'm there to defend. I'm there to be the heart and soul. I'm there to be the post. You know, like a Draymond Green. But I think, Kevin, what makes it so original is it's not like he had talking points. Pat Bell sitting on TV with a with a white polo on, buttoned up all the way to the top, chilling. I mean, you heard what he said. I mean, listen, I take it a step further than that. Stephen A. Smith was talking about Grayson Allen. Pat Bell go, what's the first name you just said? He goes, Grayson. He said, he said, man, that he said, that man, don't bring that dude. He said, don't bring that dude name up on your show. That dude gets no burn on our, you know, in our league. And then, uh, and then Stephen A. Smith goes on to say, yeah, man, I'm just trying to say he didn't produce. And Pat Bell says, "Duh, like, <laughs> bro, listen to me. Let me, let me, let me tell the viewing public something real quick. All right, there is a perception of an athlete through the analysts and viewers and fans, and there is a perception of the athlete through other athletes. 
It doesn't mean that what the other athletes say is golden, but it has some truth to it. If I've been out there with you, it doesn't mean you're not the greatest. It doesn't mean you ain't the truth. But everybody don't see it the same. Like this, I don't want to hear another conversation about KD and LeBron in the same sentence. KD is an incredible talent. He ain't LeBron. Man, KD, stop it. <laughs> like he's not. And I think Kevin, but this is the thing. What makes Patrick Beverly original and authentic he just sitting back like this, like the whole time. He's telling J.A. Ray, oh, well, you know, I, I, I don't want to know you got to say it. I mean, I just, he's going back, but he's, <laughs> he's but he's sticking with what he's saying. But when he says, man, I want to hear nobody no CP3, man, what you mean, man, he a cone. <laughs> and he shook up the whole, like, listen, the program director, the sound guy, the, the, the camera guy, Molly, Stephen A., J.J., Freddie. They like, what? He a cone. He just took a run. And then he goes, what you mean? You know, when you're doing drills with a cone, it don't do nothing. <laughs> and he was so, and listen, listen. And, and, and Stephen A's over here like, like, it's so original, man. It is. Yeah, you like, took a, yeah. And it's a thing. It's funny. I mean, it's, it's, I, I thought it was but, but great. Kev, but Kevin, listen, once again, when it comes <laughs> come to trash talk, right, we've heard it all. That, but even, listen, there's nuance to everything. I mean, you know. Man, that man a cone. I, I think that might just jump into the lexicon of like oh, it, people it's of, it's of, of people who are like, hey, anybody from now on that can't move is like, hey, you just make your move and go around. <laughs> just make your move. Here you go. Man, go yeah. around that cone. Yeah, exactly. Make your move. Listen, listen. And we think about it. Listen, when you're doing a driver test, they got cones out there. Just <laughs> yeah, don't yeah. hit the cone. Yeah. Right? The cone is letting you know, hey, man, stay within this bounds, but go right around it. And all, and, all, and all I'm saying is Patrick Beverly, he said it with like no expression. Man, that man a cone. Yeah. What? Man, he's a cone, man. Say, say, it. say it with your chest. Listen, hashtag yeah. a cone has got to be going viral. Yeah. Love Pat Bev, man. Keeping it, keeping it 100. But somewhere, CP3 is vacationing somewhere. <laughs> and somebody said, listen, 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 listen. The first person to come up to CP3 and ask him to quote sign my cone, boy, that stuff going to be funny, bro. Listen, you go to if C- listen, if CP3, CP3 need to come out with a lot of cones. <laughs> that would be great. I'll be about as well. Next time uh, the Suns. <laughs> next time the Suns are in Minnesota, everybody get your road cones out and, oh my uh, and take them to the oh end. Yeah, next time the Suns are in Minnesota, it's going to be, man, bring your, bring your cones <laughs> to the game tonight. <laughs> He's going to be at a free throw line and yeah, somebody's going to have like a life-size cone. <laughs> Standing in it. We got more to come. It's three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here. Three and out on this Monday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, glad you're with us here. Thanks for making us a part of your day. Braves and the Milwaukee Brewers coming up later tonight. No Ronald Acuna in the lineup again for the fifth straight day. Some talk, Ben, about putting him on the injured list. And we'll see what the Braves decide to do there. But uh, kind of slow coming back from a, uh, a growing strain uh, there. And obviously want to be precautious. Don't want it to turn into something else. But you can tell they miss him in the lineup over the last four or five, one of two, one of three games uh, they win there over the weekend against the Padres. You, you, you see the spark he puts in the lineup there, Ben, as well. So uh, really going to miss Ronald Acuna if he has to take a uh, prolonged stint. Yeah, I think I think uh, the thing about a guy like uh, like Ron Lacuna Jr. It just happens to be he happens to be that 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 spark that fire for uh, you know that heart and soul of the uh, this these Atlanta Bravo team. I think the thing about it is Kevin when you think about what Snit 
and obviously Alex Anthopoulos are trying to do, they're trying to make sure that he's 100% healthy. Sometimes that, that's a recipe for success, and sometimes, you know, having him in and out of the lineup, your body has to get used to the wear and tear. The thing about a baseball season, which I cannot compare anything to it when you talk about that many games, your body, gotta get, your body has to get used to the day in, day out, right? You go, you go from the, you go from, you know, the, the, you know, you go from the uh, the early days of spring to the dog days of summer, but your body got to get used to it. Your body can't get used to exerting itself. Like you can't treat Ronald Cunha Jr. like he's a starting pitcher. Those guys go every what five games right, or what yeah. they have you can't do can't do a uh, can't do a superstar like because this, this thing about Ronald Cunha Jr. Man, I mean, think about all he does. I mean, when he get on base, he's looking to steal, right? I mean, he 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 makes wild plays in the outfield. Yeah, just had a quick update on that. Uh, Mark Bowman an hour ago said, hey, Acuna's sitting. Could he be placed on the injured list? And an update from Mark Bowman. Brian Snicker said Acuna's passed all the tests, running the bases. He's not playing today. If he recovers well, he will likely play tomorrow. So a big lift for Ronald Acuna Jr. there, Ben, and, and getting him back in the lineup on a day-to-day basis obviously would be huge. And that's one of those things where I don't think this had anything to do with the knee rehab. I think a lot of fans are saying, look, can we just get some get him in the lineup to stay and stop with the – he plays two days, he's going to sit, and he can't pinch hit and all that. It makes you feel like the Braves feel there's something else potentially that could go wrong as you're recovering from an AD. Like, to me, some of those things don't make sense. Like, this does. Hey, he's got a strain growing. Okay, maybe he needs to sit a couple of days. But why does he need days off? He's, you have him out there stealing bases. You have him out there playing, uh, you know, in the outfield. You have him in the lineup, but he can't pinch hit. He can't come off after sitting all game and make – and take one at bat, I realize, hey, you don't want him to come off cold. Look, look uh, other than not playing, there's no athlete in professional sports that's going into any game cold, right? The NFL has exercise bikes on the sideline. They have heated benches. They have everything you need. You can go up the tunnel and work out. Major League Baseball, you can go down the tunnel and ride an exercise bike. They have rooms where you can stretch. And get loosened up if you know, hey, I'm going to bat. They have batting cages under the the, the stadium where you can go down there and get cuts in. There, to, to me, there's no, well, we don't want to bring him off the bench cold. That, that, that to me, is a, is a lame excuse. If he's healthy and he can play, yep. why do you not want to allow him to play? Why do you yep. want to handicap yourself? Again, now if he's hurt, he's tweaking something, that's one thing. But to me, I think that's the frustrating part for Braves fans. Look, he's rehabbed. If he wasn't ready to play every day, why did you bring him back? I know you want to rush him up there and get him in the lineup, but to me, if he's not ready to play every day, why are you allowing him to do some of the things that you are? Talking about dialing him back. Why? His game is speed. You're allowing him to do some of those things. I, I, to me, some of the things don't quite, quite go together. Uh, ben, if you're talking about bringing a guy back, it's like if you're worried about him injuring himself, which it's professional sports, why are you allowing him to steal bases? Why are you letting him do some of those things? Uh, try to dial that back. If he's, if you are allowing him to do those things, then to me he should be healthy enough to play. I know this is a different case, but even before that, where they were two, three days, going to rest him a day. Like, I, I, I don't understand kind of how the Braves have been doing this um, in the rehab. We'll see after this if they continue to, to, to play some, rest some, DH, not play. We'll see how they treat it. But to me, it is readily apparent when he's in the lineup 
the Braves are a much different baseball team. Absolutely, Kevin. I mean, it's, it's a Ronald Cunha Jr. effect. I mean, it's what he does for just everybody on the roster. It's what he does, not just for the lineup, but guys on the, you know, guys out there in the field and just the psyche of the team. So it is, and, and, and if I'm being honest, it's not working. You're messing with his mind. I don't know about that, but I mean, I, it's I'm, just... I'm say, what, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, Kevin, when I say it's not working, I'm saying if you let him steal bases, nothing, he's, it's, it's only a few people in baseball can steal bases. So make sure you let him get back out there, Kevin, and sooner rather than later. Because, listen, anything you don't use muscle-wise, it starts malfunctions. It starts not, you know, it's, it's, and then a guy like Ronald Cooney Jr., he's more susceptible to being hurt from not being out there every day. You got to let him go out there and make sure those muscles are firing. Look, it's, it's interesting to see how this thing is going to play out uh, at, with, with Ronald Cooney and the injury. I, I just look at it and say, look, at what point do you say he's cool to be let loose? and be who he is, and be the player he is. I mean, nobody's going to uh, look at certain receivers, Larry Fitzgerald, and say, hey, he's healthy enough to play on Sunday, but we don't want him to run routes longer than 15 yards. You would be looking at the head coach going, "What? say, what now? Yeah, we don't want him to go downfield. Why? Well, that, that, that's really a lot of running. We don't want him to overexert himself. Or, you know, I, I think you look at that and go, let Acuna play if he's healthy. Rest this up, get this issue taken care of, and let him play and see if this team can take off. Braves and Milwaukee Brewers coming up in about 25 minutes. Ian Anderson, Freddie Peralta, they're in Milwaukee to get it started. We'll see you tomorrow.